0: You can prepare for everything that you can control, but that's not very much. My goal was just to hunt as hard as I could, as long as I could, at all costs. Better ask it, man. (laughs) Speak for yourself. 28 and sunny, we're almost definitely going to have hikers on the trail, boys. I'm getting across that damn river, and I'm getting after those goats. Let's go. We're hunting. We're going after something. (laughs) are hot. Mike's oh, hot. How long have you been waiting to do that?
1: <laughs> just came to me.
2: Just came, came to you just then. <laughs>
0: it's
2: going to be really loud. That's a good start. Well, I wish I wouldn't have opened my second one just to like have oh. it
0: ready so I didn't make noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bottle top would sound cooler too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, that would. Uh, what episode number is this, Nico? 11. 11? Yeah, We've done 11 of these? We're in uh, double digits. Holy smokes. That's pretty exciting. I'm really stoked because we've got our first like real guest that isn't like somebody that we hunt with all the time. Yeah. I'm really pumped. Sam Waddington, thanks for coming, man. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah,
2: no, it's yeah, good to be here, guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you don't know Sam, Sam's local Chilliwack hero. He's got uh, Mount Waddington's Outdoors here in Chilliwack. Great resource for all the local outdoors enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And got his finger in like everything else as well, I think, in town. <laughs> you ran for mayor yeah, last some, year.
2: Some irons in the fire, yeah. I guess it's been almost two years now since that, since that election, but yeah. You going to do that again? Well, I don't know. I'm feeling, uh, feeling the bruises still a little bit. But, <laughs> really? uh, but yeah, no, it was... Was uh, it a
0: landslide, or did you nearly have him?
2: No, it was, it was really close. It was basically a three-way tie. Uh, end. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, it was like came within 300 votes from all... Well, technically, there were five people in the race, kind of three proper front runners and we were within 300 votes of each other on that is really tight bunch cast in a hundred thousand person city so yeah it was
0: good dude that's actually really cool yeah it was intense is that Mm. something like you wanted to do like you like obviously you wanted is that something you always wanted to do or did it just sort of come to you at the time or how'd that come up
2: ah no i mean i was just involved in the community in lots of different ways you know and and i think eventually you kind of hit one of those moments and people do in every aspect of life right but it's like when do you step up and just do the thing that you think needs to be done? Cause n- no one else seems to be doing it. And it's not like obviously that all governance in the city was bad, but there were certain things <laughs> that I really wanted to see prioritized that weren't yeah. being prioritized and like, you know, sometimes one you just got to do stuff. Yeah, and it was yeah, largely centered awesome. around like, you know, outdoor stuff and you know building trails and advocating for mm-hmm. uh, kind of what we all know exists out here and, and uh, yeah, share it a little bit.
0: I love it, man. That's so like, Commendable. Mm-hmm, I love yeah, that. That's, that's cool. awesome. Um, you were just saying before we hit record that COVID has been pretty damn good for business at the store.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. You know, people can't do other things, and so they're getting outside. So I think everyone in the outdoor industry is is feeling it. But it's almost. I mean, we'd all prefer if the tap wasn't all on or all off, or if it was one right. of those things. Right. Because yeah, it's like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a ride. And, you know, if you want to go buy a new mountain bike or or. Get a pack raft or get like a you know a, a, a new carbon fiber paddle. You're you're waiting sometimes in some of these cases like literally until the new year. So we're we're five months out on some new orders. Wow. Yeah, every factory is backed up. Like no Crazy. one can produce. Really,
0: just because everyone's bored, stuff.
2: Yeah, everyone's just bored. I guess I don't know sitting at home being like. Well, they're they, they,
0: yeah. they worse sitting at home now. They're outside enjoying the like. <laughs> Return
1: to the outdoors and like with vengeance you have to be local basically too yeah like, exactly no so traveling so just take advantage of where you are and bc's just killer for oh,
2: anything to be a local course. here yeah yeah i know i'm i'm envious i've got some buddies heading up to uh the nahani river i don't know if you guys yeah. know that zone so yeah border of the yukon and the Northwest territories oh, and there's cool. a um, I mean, the Anahani River itself is beautiful, but it, it accesses a place called the Cirque of the Unclimbables. If you haven't checked it out, it's like mind-blowing.
1: I'll have to Google that.
2: But you go in there and it's 70% people from across the world, really? not from here. Oh, really? So this year, it's if you go in class, there eh? and no one else can be there, those are the spots. Like, this mm-hmm. is the year to go to the places that are flooded with international tourists because there aren't any.
3: Yeah.
0: Holy smokes. I know that's in the hunting industry, like everyone's going sheep hunting. Yeah. Yeah, because the oh, sheep sheep hunt like yeah. guided sheep hunts are majority of them are just been shelved. Like they're not a lot of people aren't traveling. Some guides are still offering stuff. A lot of people are um, doing hunts for Canadians that can still travel. But yeah, same thing. Everyone's taken advantage of the the resident only year for sheep hunts. Yeah, absolutely. Not me. I already had plans. I wish I was. That'd be
2: pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I had a guy in the shop today. He got a uh, he got a, a doll draw out of that's easy somewhere and yeah somewhere up by the yukon border he was saying he had oh, to right there. yeah yeah. in northern bc he um, said he had to like go into the yukon to get back into bc yeah, somewhere Tand- oh, really. but, Al- but, yeah, so, yeah but i don't know exactly where it was in what yeah.
0: region but yeah, yeah but they got lucky, i think so. there's two two zones up there that yeah. one's really cool um there's actually a story you should check out by bill hanlon bill hanlon's involved in the bha the same organization that i'm a part of yeah um and he has done that hunt a couple of times and there's a really cool story, man. It's yeah. called the Ice Man story. Okay. I don't want. To, oh, screw it. I'm gonna tell you a bit. He he finds ancient remains of, um, yeah, a human, like a hunter. Yeah. From I think they ended up Whoa. aging like 1,500 years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah, was yeah. insane and just like so they found remains on the first trip and then they came out, called biologists, called the scientists. Uh, I'm totally I'm butchering this story. So you really need to listen to it. Yeah. Um, but they ended up going back again and finding more uh, the, the whole story is just insane um but then you, i'm getting a bit of goosebumps thinking that it. it's so cool uh years later i think like many years on they hadn't heard anything about it and the, you know there was talk of people writing books about it and nothing was happening so they followed up they said what's happening with the ice man why is nobody writing anything yeah and the answer came back well we only found remains we didn't find a head no yeah. head no story is yeah. basically what they said and like, obviously, they gutted these guys, Bill and his hunting and partners, and they went back in, found the head. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, like I'm getting goosebumps. So and also, you oh, think like
2: oh. it'd be a cooler story if if there's no head, because it's like, where yeah, the well, head? head Why yeah, yeah, this guy yeah. got no head? So <laughs> like, it was on the, it
0: was on a yeah. glacier, and um, basically, as the as the glacier was melting and receding, um, receiving more and more parts were falling out. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, like every year they went back, there was something else, there was something uh, else, yeah. and like they found pieces of clothing, and stuff made out of fur. That's sure. really good. That's homework for all the listeners is to look up um, Bill Hanlon's Iceman story. It's on... I'm writing this down right now. I'm yeah, super Yeah, so it, you'll find it on the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers podcast with Hal Herring. He's the host. And then Bill Hanlon, it's called The Iceman Story. you got to listen to it. It's a wicked podcast. Okay. So Check t- it tell,
2: out. Me about, tell me about the BHA a little bit because yeah. I don't know anything about it other than like so my shop sells alpaca rafts right. and they have a BHA series and yes. like part of like the like proceeds of this, like a couple of boats go back to that organization. But other than that, I know nothing about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it was founded in the U S um, and it's wildlife, wildlife conservation, wildlife as a whole and wildlife habitat. Um, it's not, it's not gun rights. It's not anything like that. It is literally wildlife conservation for the habitat and yeah, for the populations. Cool, okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's an organization. It's naturally spread all across North America. It's the fastest growing organization at least a couple of years ago. That was that was true, I'd imagine it still is. Um, it's just spreading like wildfire. Down in the US, they do a lot of advocating for um, like public lands, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people buying up lands and not keeping them wild and public anymore. Here in British Columbia, we don't have that as such. We have other things that are set to destroy lands and yeah so basically that's the there's a mission statement and we, we act within that mission statement to try and prevent things from happening or advocating for oh, okay. wild, yeah wildlife management in certain ways and yeah I guess uh, it's a short elevator speech on it nice. and then so here in yeah, uh, British Columbia we've been in BC since 2014 Mm-hmm. Region And that was all in the Kootenays. Yeah. In 2017, February, uh, we started the chapter here in Region 2. Mm-hmm. It was myself and like eight other guys. And now there's something like 800 members in Region 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like very powerful for uh, like the political side of things, especially. You know, they've got a lot of voices singing the same message. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like we're doing anything boots on the ground. We've got tons of volunteers that are just super dedicated. So, yeah, we're doing... As often as we can, we're doing cleanups. Um, we're doing trail camera projects with BC Parks. Oh man, what else are we doing? We do a lot of mentorship sort of stuff. Um, yeah, man, it's like sweet. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that I really dig awesome. It.
2: Cool. I'll have to yeah, I'll have to dive a little deeper. And I
0: just yeah, I mean, I'm sure I could have been a little more prepared on that answer, but
2: no, no, I, just, <laughs> I, I kind of always just assumed it. It seemed like an American organization from like my recollection and again this is years ago when i first sort of heard about it and maybe it was only then and it's it's changed oh it's definitely heavy american definitely
0: because they've got you know tens of thousands of members and they've got like every state as i think there's only a couple of states that don't have a chapter okay we're up in bc with with bc alberta and yukon and yukon's like teetering like you know there's just not the interest up there
2: yeah Well, it's tough. I mean, small population too, right? It's tough. And then like... And it's also tough when it doesn't... I mean, there are issues. There's land use issues. But as you mentioned, like with Crown Lands and BC Parks, the way that they are in our part of the world, mostly that's those two, not national parks out this way. But like we're, we're relatively well taken care of from like an access to terrain perspective because they're not grasslands. It's not waterfowl ter- territory where you just drain it and build like townhomes or something exactly. in some random flat state somewhere. It's, yeah. There's not much yeah. you can do to yeah, crazy a, mountains. Yeah. yeah right. It's a good luck in Northern BC setting up yeah. setting up I mean, exactly. other than industry impact. Yeah,
0: right? industry is the big one. So yeah. like mining, yeah. um, there's right. a, there's one that we're working on right now. Um, Andrew van Vliet, van Leet out in the Kootenays is heading this one up. It's for a, uh, they're trying to put in a ski resort. In like his backyard, like his stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he's hammering the, I'm going to upset people, but he's hammering the advocacy against that. Um, and yeah, see so where it goes. If nothing else, your voice gets heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if nothing else, your voice
2: just got heard. You're going to stir some pots. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? That's good. okay. <laughs> no, That's good. okay. I just we realized I'm like, it, like yeah. you guys
1: might be already
0: be in on this. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's all good. That's really a really interesting thing though. So like I enjoy skiing. I love skiing in beautiful spots or whatever. Or usually snowboarding, but I started skiing last season. Um, but one thing I was thinking about, um, thinking about our conversation leading up to this, um, is the the balance between, like, I want to explore so much of the outdoors and have that experience, but I also don't want to, like, impact the environment negatively. Right. It seems like there's a, a really interesting balance to try and find there.
0: So you're, you need to be a backcountry skier that hikes in and right. skis yeah. down. Right, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's,
2: it's that ever present balance for sure. And, you know, I kind of go back to that old adage though. It's like people don't, um, you know, people don't preserve what they don't love. They don't love what they don't know and they don't know what they haven't experienced. Right. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of believe that experiencing the outdoors at whatever level is like the single foundational step. Cause you for can't, sure. you can't like smack people around with like save a spotted owl and they're like what's an owl what tree does it live in what is what are you talking about why it's one owl why wouldn't you have a thing and 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 it's when when you look at it on the flip side and you've you've gone through this whole process of realizing how incredible it is to be in an old growth forest like what that Hmm. feels like Mm -hmm. when you're sitting amongst giants like that and you realize how small your little window in time is in that forest and they've been there for a thousand years or eight hundred years or whatever that number is right and 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 i there's that perspective piece. And I think that then people will fight to save places and, um, and advocate for just a a balance. I mean, humans are, we're just pretty destructive. Right. But, but, but anyone who hunts and anyone who spends time in the outdoors and especially, especially hunters, I would say just because you interact so closely with the other inhabitants of this planet, you know, that kind of walk and Mm -hmm. move and that Mm -hmm. aren't living in our houses in cages or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you start seeing how other how other things can can find a, a bit of a balance, and being in the train, that's not a problem. It's just like what your impact is in that train. That's that's the challenge, right? Right, right. Yeah, I'm
0: like so guilty of this in the worst way. I just, um, I guess, I'm blinded by the experiences I have had in the bush,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: anything that isn't that, and I this is a problem that I need to address. Anything that isn't to the quality of my experiences. Quality is my definite. Like that's my word. I shouldn't use that. I think it's a lesser, lesser version. You know yeah. What I mean, like people that would enj- that enjoy, for example, someone says, "I I hike," or I might immediately go to them. Oh yeah, what kind of backpack do you have? Like, how long are you out there for? Seven days. Yeah. And they, oh, like, and they like respond. and they're, 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 they're not as intense. As exactly. And this is terrible. Like, I know this is bad <laughs> on me. I'm kind of. I'm like, oh, you don't really hike. Like, I hike. You you walk. But that's so not yeah. okay. Because yeah, as you exactly but said. But I mean,
2: but I, I've I mean I've been down that road before, and 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 it is. Because, especially when you're just entering that world, it just seems like, well, so unknowable, I can throw around whatever I want and who would know the difference? Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, some of us do, you yeah. know, we can, like, you can tell yeah. when somebody doesn't know their thing, but, right. but ultimately though, you know, I've spent a lot of time guiding and, and I worked in the guiding industry and in, in, in the hunting industry in Alaska for a bit and scuba, dove, uh, scuba diving in Egypt, I was guiding there. And then now oh. I, we, we guide mountain trips and courses yeah. and stuff here. Yeah and and on the whole it's easy to do that or in like kind of objectivity it's easy to like kind of downplay someone's experiences but what you can't fake is like watching somebody's face as they see like an osprey drop into a lake and like pick up a salmon and fly away sure. and they're like yeah. what yeah. was that yeah and it you can see that from a dock. you can you know you can mm-hmm. be on a rental jet ski like it doesn't even matter that moment is profound for you and, and for anyone who's in that who's in that space and and guiding, you just get to see that every day. You get to see lives, like, shattered and people's minds explode because they're seeing a thing they've never seen. And, right. That's really cool. And if that's, that's the really entrance, cool. then that's, yeah. like, that's cool. That's the fun part about, about, yeah, just introducing people to the outdoors. But yeah, there's a stewardship in that, too, because if you're their gateway, then you got to teach yeah. them a few things. Because we don't have that old-school mentality of, like... We don't have what a lot of European nations have, which is like the Swiss Alpine Club and the Junior Alpine Clubs and like the hunting mentor programs as much where it's, you know, there's a lot of people wandering out there, you know, in sweatpants and with firecrackers and like, it's just like, they don't know how to be in a place responsibly and reasonably. (laughs) Like, you know, I love having a good time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't always have to be about conservation, picking up nails and stuff. But, but at the same time, you don't want to like, just like leave this path of destruction through your ignorance either.
1: Right. Totally.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: Talking about those like moments where you see like people light up and like I don't know, yeah, finding finding like joy in nature. Was there anything like that that like initially got you stoked about like getting outside and and doing these kind of things, like getting into the backcountry, or was there any like particular activity that you first found passion in for that? Um. Yeah. So I, I. I mean. I have
2: to admit, like for me at least, I feel like, and I, I hope lots of people feel this way, but like I lived a pretty enchanted, you know, childhood, and and um, and, and I think I had a lot of people take that time with me, and I watched mm-hmm. them be patient. At the time, you're just like, of course, you're showing me the things that whatever, and then you realize now a little further down the road, it's like you were 55 or 60, and you yeah. took a 10 year old kid under your arm and took him out duck hunting or, or mm. showed them how to do a thing like you didn't have to do that yeah am i doing that now like you kind of have mm. those like reflective pieces and 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 i think that that that's like kind of a charge to carry it on but but i had a lot of those those people so there was that i think which was part of it um but also for me i i just i think i was lucky enough to be immersed in the backcountry often enough um that i saw a lot of people seeing it for the first time And I also, Mm. so, so it was always this piece of just, it was never knowledge really. It was just sort of this like observation that you have. And then over time you start to put words to it and whatever, but you see people change and you see like, well, if I'm going to have a meaningful conversation with a friend, like we're going to go for a walk in the, you know, in the woods or near the river or whatever. We're going to like sit next to a place or we're going to be in the trees. Cause you know, that's where people seem to level out a little bit and Mm -hmm. where things Mm -hmm. seem more profound and thoughtful and meaningful and all that stuff. Right. So I don't know, I think for me, like it was more that, but yeah, I grew up, my family, my, my parents quit their jobs and sold their businesses and, um, bought a sailboat and I grew up sailing down the West coast of North America and oh, oh, across way. the Pacific That's ocean incredible. to like the South Pacific islands. And wow. Yeah. And I think I've also just been humbled by nature enough. It's like, yeah. we're on a tiny little 33 foot sailboat and 35 foot breaking swells. Yeah. And, you know, and you're just like, maybe we die today. And when that happens, you're just a little bit in awe of how small you are mm. in those places, you know, because wow. mother nature likes to toss her weight around a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That makes so much sense that you have an outdoor store <laughs> knowing that's how you grow up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Um, How did, how did the store come to be? I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm curious about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So, um, uh, like I was, I was, was going to go into, um, medical science. That was like, that was my Mm -hmm. field that I was kind of pursuing. And by that, I I mean that in a very like child naivety kind of way. Like Mm I, you know, I took all the hard courses in high school and did all the things that like, you know, you're like prep yourself. It's like Uh AP chemistries and all the things you're like, I'm going to go. And so got a bunch of scholarships and was looking at universities. And, um, and I always knew that I would never go right away though. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I had to go travel and this was my backpacking thing and right. yeah, I okay, traveled a yeah. lot with my family, but it wasn't my own kind of private, whatever. So, you know, I went traveling and, and, um, after high school I traveled through, we did like a, a bit of a family trip, um, to, uh, uh to Croatia. And then my brother had just finished his undergrad and was not yet going to vet school, so um, he ended up staying on with me. And then we traveled together. So we traveled through the Balkans and through, um, uh, so like um, Croatia, Macedonia, Albania, Serbia, Montenegro, mm-hmm. um, into Bulgaria, and then across into Turkey. And then kind of we were bouncing our way through the region. Oh, um, so oh, what was the time
1: frame on that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> we were, yeah, we were on the road for. Uh, I was on the road for almost a year. Okay, yeah, and then oh, i cool. we kind of like ended up i ended up bouncing down through the Middle east through jordan and, and israel and and um and down into Egypt, um but the problem is I' had stopped in Israel, so mm-hmm. the tends to be the the Middle eastern countries in the, in that region um a lot of the Arab nations don't allow you through their borders if you have an Israeli stamp in your passport. So, oh, really? yeah. Oh. So, so, so I happens. ended up by the time I was in Egypt and it was awesome. And we had my brother and I had done some scuba diving and whatever. And yeah. he had to go back to school. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't ready to leave. I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick up and keep traveling again. But the mm-hmm. problem was I would have to have bought a flight. <laughs> so, uh, um, because I was landlocked, I couldn't go into any other land you based could, country. You could
1: get by plane, but they just wouldn't let yeah, you. Exactly. like Yeah, exactly. So, even okay. like people
2: don't think about like North African countries as being predominantly. Um, Muslim, but they are. And a lot of those, um, kind of Arab nations, it's a, there's some solidarity and not allowing that Israeli passport through their borders. So anyway, so like Algeria, Sudan, like you can't, you can't do it. So at the time, at least I obviously haven't checked visa requirements lately. So (laughs) so like, maybe you can go if you're listening to this and you want to go to the Middle East, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so I was like, well, maybe I'll just stay in Egypt. So I got into scuba diving there. And as I was taking my dive master training and diving and guiding clients, um, I just fell in love with being around people and showing people something that was such an incredible piece. You pop your head underwater and you're in outer space. Yeah. It's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. So, so that was kind of that world and, and it was incredible. And, um, and then, and then I came home and I, um, saw this place anew, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Chilak and I'd bounced in and out of here and not that I hadn't seen much of the world, but you always see these places differently. Like, why is nobody guiding here? Like Hmm. there's not a single outfitter here. There wasn't whatever. So my goal was like, I'm going to guide here, right? Like I wanted to be a guide and take people out and whatever. Yeah. But then there's no guiding agency. I was like, well, maybe I'll start a guiding agency. And I was like, well, you can't really have a guiding agency in a place that no one thinks is sweet yet. So why would you come and be guided through a place everyone's like, Chilliwack, isn't that where like they spread manure on the fields and I buy corn sometimes (laughs) or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, So it's like, like a corn tour might've worked or something, but so, so, you know, I kind of distilled it down to like, well, what in my experiences in mountain towns around the world and elsewhere, like when you're in these places, like what drives the industry? What's the hub of the community in the outdoor space? And it was always like the gear shop, right? The mountain shop, you could go and ask advice and pour through some maps and be like, Hey, is there still snow in the Alpine or how's Mm -hmm. this road or whatever? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, so kind of started at the foundation of the industry was kind of more the reasoning. Um yeah, and now we've built up to the place where we you know, um we started guiding and we're actually I don't know, in like a week maybe. I don't know, our website comes up pretty quick. We're awesome. we're launching a new guiding school here, uh, like Proper Mountain Academy. Oh, awesome. So yeah, it's called Ascent Fraser Valley Guides and Mountain School. So I'm maybe. really excited. Yeah. I hadn't told you guys about that wow. until right now. So yeah, That's everyone awesome, get everyone hears right? it at the same time. But Yeah, we're running like crevasse rescue, mountain skills training, like um, entry level, like mountaineering, rock climbing courses, all the stuff. So you could swift water training, like all the things that you need to know for mountain mountain knowledge. And
0: um,
2: yeah, and and hopefully also guiding a lot of, you know, visitors through a train, both both experienced and non. Like the interesting piece, I always used to think like guidings like this, like, you know. Whatever it's like, entry level people who can't do it on their own,
1: like who you're guiding. Exactly, for. yeah. Okay. But
2: then there's also this whole cohort of people, and you know, I'm one of them. Like, I'm a, I'm a scuba diving like guide. I'm an instructor, whatever. Yeah. And when I go to another place, I'm like, I don't want to spend three weeks wandering around trying to find the best reef, right? Like, yeah. These people do this for a living. They know the best spots. Yeah. yeah. And if they, down. and especially if they know you're in the industry and like whatever, they'll like show you the the sweet things. But mm-hmm. we have a lot of that happening for mountain stuff here. Hmm. Just right to refine for, your
1: experience a little bit.
2: Yeah, so like alpine climbers who are like sponsored athletes coming from all over and they just want to experience our place in yeah. a in a way yeah. that's Sam, show me
0: where to go exactly where's the hardcore cool. stuff
2: yeah exactly and so that's that's cool and and you get to kind of like is really pop cool. people into your back country and be Like, look how good this yeah, is like why yeah. does nobody know about it yet and I'm so you've like, been like yeah.
1: slowly creating the chilliwack hype
2: yeah so it's I it's like been it. yeah it's been a mission and you know like you guys mentioned the we started the podcast off talking about my run for mayor but like i spent four years on city council before that and mm-hmm. and 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 our regional district and like my push was my push was um you know was was tourism and um and economic development around the outdoor recreation industry yeah. and not because like i have a store but it was because i had a store that i understood how vacuous this space was and how absolutely profound of a of an economic driver this can be yeah and also you know just don't be, the the chances of you being more fit and 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 preventing you know very preventable things from happening in your you know in your biology from not, from inactivity and from bad diet and all these things like that mm. stuff goes away when you spend time in the outdoors and when you live an yeah. active lifestyle. And so sure. it's this whole public policy wraparound, right? And and so from a community health perspective in general, economically and socially, environmentally, I, I thought that we needed to do this. And so kind of every avenue of my life, I kind of push into that sphere and whatever hammer i happen to be holding that day everything looks (laughs) like a nail to me and yeah so starts banging around and so yeah anyway it's it's been a yeah it's been a passion project trying to get chilliwack and the fraser valley and our insane backcountry sort of it is
0: insane
3: man into
2: people's collective psyche of saying like even if you're not out there there's like this sense now in chilliwack there's like we live in a mountain town, right? Yeah. Like we feel yeah. that. Everyone all like, feel feel like that. yeah, For sure. And if you don't, you should look up. <laughs> you should look <laughs> yeah. you're just like look yeah, upwards. Look up. and it's it's insane, up. People don't look up, man. No. no that's not nearly people, not. Like, um, Physically, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I grew up in Manitoba, so I feel like, especially just like, every time I'm driving to Chilliwack, mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. I was driving over here from Abbotsford, um, just looking at the, I always, Mount Celestia always really stands out to, mm-hmm. to me, and it's just like, man just such a, such an amazing place yeah
2: the fang it's pretty the burly fang, spot yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's like yeah that's what it means in in halcomalum in the local first Nations. oh region. really yeah that's what selesie means yeah okay right. cool yeah it's it's sweet yeah so it's like i mean and selesie is also rated one of the top 50 alpine climbs in okay. north america
1: that's that's a dream of mine to yeah. climb that i've very little climbing experience right yeah. now it's mostly just bouldering gym but
0: yeah no it's good that's like i want the, to get up there man the place to start <laughs> we have yeah. to go to a climbing school yeah i know
1: yeah, no, exactly. i've been i've yeah. been thinking uh a friend and i have been wanting to do avalanche safety courses anyways yeah. Yeah. um to to with the the hopes of starting a ski tour and stuff like that so yeah definitely you
2: know what i find though. i mean it's it's interesting like um we used to so i again when i was in alaska like um the outfitter that we worked for did a lot of spring bear as well. Okay. Um, so coastal Kodiaks and some inland bear mm-hmm. and whatever else. But like so coming out of hibernation, like you're on snowpack, the snow is still super, super heavy in the mm-hmm. alpine, mm-hmm. and like you need to know some avalanche, yeah. tra- you need to understand what crevasses are gonna yeah, do, what midday heat's sure. gonna do to a yeah. snowpack. So it, this it's this multifaceted piece. And what I love about any field of knowledge is you find its applicability everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So it's you start spending time in the mountains and by the necessity of being midway up a rock face where if mm-hmm. it starts raining that's a very bad day yeah you start looking at weather and understanding weather patterns and looking at your own satellite yeah. imagery and like discerning your own kind of
3: yeah
2: you know thing and and and, and observing your own backcountry and sometimes the people who whose weather predictions i trust the most i mean not obviously like what's actually moving in off the coast but like what's it going to do that day in this place? They're the people who are just in it and observe it and have the most, I guess, to benefit not from it. So I just find those pieces of knowledge are really cool. when you start building out your knowledge base, Mm -hmm. right? Rope systems, start changing things the way you travel through the mountains. Like my climbing experience just helps when you're, Wandering ridge
0: tops, maybe looking yeah. for goats and sheep. For so, sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. Nick's yeah. got this dream. It comes up every podcast. Nick's got this dream <laughs> oh, to repel down some sort of cliff or repel down something while hunting mountain goats and take a shot whilst hanging off a, a rope. I a picture
1: in my head. And oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe not the most educated on, on either climbing or hunting, <laughs> but I'm just, you know. I like have that. A, yeah,
2: I get that. I always find it fascinating, the, you know, like the... You look at like the biathlon or whatever, it's just like just these weird Nordic cross country skiing snipers who can yeah. just level yeah, there. It's like so cool, but it's man. like, what absurd skill set is that? Yeah. Obviously. Number yeah, like one, where did they even but, come from? Yeah, exactly. But also, like I don't know, maybe if you're like cross country skiing in Norway about to shoot a caribou, that that's like super relevant. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. that's very helpful. Yeah, and
1: that's it. It would you be know. very specific. That's that's cool though, cause like something that's really been I've been thinking about a lot is just like combining activities or sports, um, and just like, just so much potential with that. And like what mm-hmm. you're saying with like, just the back country in general, how like, there's so many different skill sets to learn and, but that they'll all like benefit you when you're like doing any of those activities.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, there's that quiver mentality too. Right. So, right. You know, for us, we, um, um, so, so in Alaska, one of the big challenges for hunting up there was, was, You could land these little two seater bush planes, but like there's no, in a lot of places, there's really tough landings, right? So it's like huge, big Tundra tires, little bush plane, Mm -hmm. high prop angle. You can land on a short little Mm ridgeline, drop off two clients, but you you can't even take off with those same two clients from that same ridgeline. Like you have to have a different exit. Right. Because you can can land, but you can't get up, right? Uh, And certainly not if you get anything, (laughs) right? And so, um, you know, it's like gravel bar exits down in the valley, whatever. So we would drop clients off on these ridges and they'd hunt their way down through some, you know, low country looking mm-hmm. for moose or whatever it was they were after and, um, and then float their way out of these, of these rivers. Right. But then you look at people who actually have some swift water experience, you know, and, and they've got some swift water training and now class three white water is not totally prohibitive. Mm mm-hmm. And you add in something unique and, and this is what a lot of guys are are up to now is like, you know, a little, like little lightweight exit of some kind or a, mm-hmm. or an e-bike into non-motorized yeah, zones yeah. or like whatever those little weird, like your your mountain bike experience now plays into your ability to access a zone no one else can yeah. get into. And, you know, there, there's some of those things have been relevant with like horseback and some of these other pieces, but those are the classic skill sets we, we yeah. see as being applicable.
3: Yeah.
2: But it's like your ability to handle class three whitewater and understand swift water as an exit strategy on a moose hunt. Is that relevant? Yeah, it is. When you're the only guy able to hunt in certain areas in BC, at least like our rivers are burly. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. no one looks at that as a, how, you know, our indigenous populations have always looked at that, which is like, that's a highway.
3: Yeah, If you know know how to
2: drive on it, right? Like that's the easiest way out. You just sit there and it'll take you where you need to, where (laughs) you need to go. And so, so, you know, acquiring the tools to be able to do that kind of stuff yeah. like that's like whatever and what as one example but whatever those tools are to be able to traverse into big terrain and go sheep hunting and not just have to yeah. stay in the low country it's definitely yeah. easier
1: and there's like once you have those skill sets there's just seems like so much possibility for like creativity and mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that combining those oh. yeah and then Worst sets, case so scenario, and that really excites me yeah
2: you don't get anything it's like worst case scenario right yeah and you had this amazing experience because yeah. you're like, I was in the mountains and I rafted and I did this thing and yeah. it was chaos. I'm <laughs> like, whatever. It doesn't matter if we saw a game or not. I mean, mm-hmm. that's always a bonus. Oh, yeah. It,
1: but yeah, there's always an experience there and that's, that's yeah. valuable for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you still hunt now?
2: I do. Yeah. It's yeah. been a this last couple of years. It's been it's been a ride last year. Um, yeah, last two years, not really much at all. Um because two years ago was the election in right. the fall, right? And mm-hmm. so yeah. I was campaigning from early summer right that, through that's to probably the election. A busy time. And, yeah, <laughs> in probably November and whatever. Time, so it was like the whole season and whatever. Yeah. But
0: yeah. Yeah, what's uh like do you keep that hush hush in the store?
2: Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I mean it depends. It depends on the customer. I think I think Chilliwack's an interesting place. Again, we are developing a culture here that is unique do yeah. we have people who are very against hunting in Chilock? probably right oh for sure but we're also a little bit more of a rural community that where i think that more people are exposed exposed to hunting than most other cities of a hundred thousand people in yeah. canada probably mm-hmm. even um and on top of that as well um yeah. I think, I think because of the agricultural background, like animals and firearms and that kind of stuff is not totally taboo.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah, it is, it is a challenge, you know, we, um, and that's, that's why we try to like, we try to, and hey, we, we look to, to certain brands. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, Patagonia, for instance, everyone views as like the environmental brand and, yes. and as do I, right but also Von Chouinard is like a very avid angler and he's a, you know, exactly. So, so this is the interesting piece, right? Right. Like you, in my view and any, it's tough because there are so many rednecks with guns who like to shoot things and it's such a bad name and it's beyond just like, Hey, there's a few bad apples. No, there's a, ton of bad yeah. apples we cleaned guns, up
0: after them all last weekend we cleaned up yeah. 30 contractor bags of shotgun shells exactly and hope. exactly
2: because because yeah. shooting guns is super fun right mm-hmm, so right. so like and so it just brings out the worst in people and like yeah. none of that's good but hunters and i'm not saying like the casual hunters and certainly not the roadside hunters um which like i've done my fair share of like oh, driving sure. around in a truck obviously right mm-hmm. but 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 it is very different when you spend time out there in the back country mm-hmm. and you see these beautiful places. And if you shoot an animal in, in the back country and you're confident in, in, many things, and it takes this multitude for me to be comfortable with it. You trust that like the government that's issuing those permits understands the health of the populations that they're issuing permits for. Mm-hmm. So can that chunk of backcountry, that specific region from this height of land to this height of land, you know, encompassing these three valleys, can it handle seven deer to be taken this year? You mm-hmm. know, and those are those are the ways in which our conservation is planned. And so I I do trust that that process is good. And as you guys mentioned on the outside of this, like you know, working with like the BHA, working with like BC Parks to, to with these wildlife cameras, we do some of that work as well. Um, you know, I've, I've been involved in, in some of the appreciation kind of stuff on like these volunteer networks where you're putting web cameras on high passes, understanding if wolves are moving back into the region, where the bears mm-hmm. are coming from, and tracking animals yeah. so, so that you understand populations. So if that's in place, of course, I'm fine with with shooting a deer. Do I want to shoot the last deer in that basin so that they never come back again, which is what people think of when they think of hunting. Right. They're like, "You're yeah. taking the last of the Yeah. you know, <laughs> of the whatever <laughs> grouse thing." Yeah. And it's not that way. The the you know, the more you understand and and these are the hunters who I appreciate their perspective is they are conservationists. You cannot take a life of like a big game animal especially and not feel just an overwhelming like early human primal like need to be responsible for those species around you also Mm. and to like to understand like oh that's not frivolous i can't just do that wherever and whenever i want like this has to mean something it has to be used and i have to be confident that i am a part of the ecosystem and not ruining the ecosystem but, but this is what a lot of people don't understand is like, you know, you talk about big game hunting and and certainly trophy hunting or whatever. But for me, it's like, there's a reason in the, and I believe this, we all know that like the tastiest deer is like the young little one, right? That no one wants really. <laughs> like, that's not like a sweet thing. Like, yeah. Hey, take a look at this rack. It's like a super sweet single spike. or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. It was, like, <laughs> you know, it was super tasty. Yeah. <laughs> just so, and it is tasty though. Right. Yeah. And like, so from a, from a, you think about like a human need like we're a we're an omnivore we love meat we should be we should be programmed to love and to 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 um, value the young tasty really good nutritious thing right but what we've come to believe to be the best and the most desirable is this giant big rack of some huge alpha male in the backcountry mm-hmm. and i believe and i'd I'm sure there's a body of science around this, but, and I'd love to dive deeper into it, but I believe that there's something in the mentality of people that is directly tied to an ecological need that we have. We knew our place in an ecosystem well enough to have developed like an actual instinctual desire to shoot this giant big alpha male or to, with a bow and arrow or trap it with a whatever. But Mm. from early humans through to today, We want this giant big thing because when you take that out of an ecosystem, that leaves room for where that one buck existed, that one deer existed taking over this huge part of this ecosystem, now five young bucks can thrive in that same ecosystem because they don't have the same territory, they don't dominate as much terrain, they don't command as much presence they don't have as much singular authority yeah and you you create room in an ecosystem and i think as an apex predator which is what humans are we kind of selectively do that and i think there's part of our mentality that drives that so i don't have a problem with that if that's part of the reason why you're involved in that ecosystem is knowing that you have a part to play
0: that's pretty serious i like that that was really good i was wondering where you're going for a little bit there but that's uh that's exactly. Yeah, how it was I feel a long rant. Sorry. No, it was really good. I was <laughs> like, I wonder how this is going to go. Is so he going to tell me that we should shoot small deer? No, that's you're <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, I shoot a couple of small deer every now and then. Um, Tasty. Not a bad choice. Yeah. No. I mean, you said it. I really can't say it better than you just did. Um Yeah. It's not that it's obviously at face value. It's the antlers. It's the horns. It's mm-hmm. that's at face value, and that's what it sure. is. And that is what you mount. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. You said there's so much more behind it in that. Yeah, it's the mature animal. Um, it's it's holding up the ecosystem, uh, holding up. Yeah, that 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 group of animals. Um, and if you've done it correctly, it's past its breeding prime. Um, yeah. And if we're really in it for the meat, it's got more meat. Yeah. So,
1: right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it is a bigger. Yeah, animal. it's cool
1: that that natural desire does line yeah. up with like what's beneficial for that. But ecosystem. I. But in I way. think it's
2: because of that. Yeah. yeah. Like I think that we. I think that we knew. Yeah, when we're, I mean, we're an apex, but we're not a scavenger. We don't yeah. need the sick ones, right? Yeah. Like, we were like, we take whatever like a, we want. That's yeah. why we're humans. We dominated the whole earth from mm-hmm. every other species that was right. out there, right? Like, I truly believe that we've found a place as a, as a responsible apex predator that yeah. plays a role in the ecosystems. Now, have we done horrible destruction? For sure. Mm-hmm. But we've done destruction passively. You know, like we've like destroyed ecosystems by being like, but there's a mine that we need or whatever. Right. But right. but in right. the actual intent of the singular thing that we mm-hmm. do, hunting is an example of that. Like you have to make the choice to pull that trigger, and do you want to do that? That desire, that like drive, I think that's
0: woven into the fabric of who yeah. we are. Interesting, but
1: that's that's a really cool way of thinking about it. That I totally like that is.
0: That's got me a little bit a uh, little bit stumped. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Um, what is um, I? I'm going back to hunting within the store.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah? I kind
2: of jumped off. That sorry, I didn't no, mean no, to. no, 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 no. Totally. No, that, yeah, that was a wicked tangent.
0: <laughs> left me a little bit speechless. I need to. I'm gonna, I got. I got to jump ship so I can just process for a, <laughs> a few moments. Um, yeah, back to in store. Like, it, do do you ever get somebody coming in? Like, I just picture this happening because why wouldn't it? do would somebody that isn't pro hunting come to the store and rant to you that they had seen a hunter in the back country does that happen
2: um it it does for sure and and honestly most of the time i don't know i guess i just love conflict sometimes um but i i, I always just view those things as like you know educational whenever, opportunities right sure, that's exactly yeah.
0: how i view them too whenever i run into a hiker in the back country and i'm hunting camo up. For starters, they always say the most ridiculous thing to me. They always say, "Don't shoot me." <laughs> like that's not what I was planning on doing. But yeah. I'm glad we. I'm glad you have requested I don't because it could. If it came up, I'm glad to know where you stand on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just. I just always wonder, like, what do they? What are the if they're non hunters or if they are pro hunting, whatever? What do they think when they come over that ridge and Nick and I are sitting there behind binoculars? Like it's pretty clear what we're doing, and I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd never make any effort to hide it. I tell them that we're hunting, and I'll even tell them. Stuff that I would never tell another hunter, I'd be like, Look right over there, there's a bear, like look through my binoculars, you can see it. Um Yeah, like trying to involve just them. Just
1: sort of like break that barrier.
0: Yeah, and- I try and exactly just say use it as an opportunity for But I always wonder, like, do they stand in front of me and humor me and then walk over there and they're like, Oh my god, I'm calling the police.
2: Yeah, I mean I I, <laughs> I, I yeah, I think people do. And and again, I we we often we often are so unaware of what makes other people tick and also you know what what is responsible and what's not an and image is super deceiving because yeah. i get it the f- like by the nature of the fact that you're hiding from perceptive beings Right. You look a lot like other kinds of people with guns who hide from other perceptive beings, namely every military institution, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, right? Like you cannot get away from the fact that camouflage is effective both for people and for animals. Yeah. And so when you're wearing camouflage, like you could be in Vietnam, you could be the oppressor in some weird global conflict and in people's mm-hmm. minds, a lot of the, the negative image of hunting and certainly the negative image of camouflage in general, that's different. Yeah, I bet if you were wearing like a plaid jacket and you had little like Johnny Jr. over here slapping his head and you were, you know, pointing out that that bucket would it would it would hearken a different message for somebody, exactly. you know, yeah. And that that early hunter days, you know, you think of like the old boxes of like gun oil or or, or you know Remington ammunition, and it's sort of yeah. this like father son or grandpa like what it's you? this nostalgic yeah. kind of piece, right? Yeah. Um, whereas people are just like they just think about. Some horrendous brand that you know uses camo as their backdrop that just is all about like Woo-hoo, like go get it you know yeah. like rev that engine shoot some things like yeah. let's have a pallet fire and do donuts around it with our quad while we shoot or whatever right and like
0: all of it that sounds like is, you've been down down at Gil yeah, Road or something down, <laughs> yeah I
2: grew up on Camper Road right next to Gil so exactly right like the challenge is these are these are the same connotations right mm-hmm. but almost every hunter that I know like the the actual hunters. The average gun owner, different perhaps, but the average hunter is some of the most knowledgeable conservation-minded people that I know, and they know their place in the ecosystem. And also, you know, I I always take the opportunity to say, look, like, yes, it can be done poorly, but being an outdoor recreationalist can also be done poorly, right? Exactly. In every way, right? Like you can be a really bad hiker. You go on the Elk Mountain Trail, for instance, one of our most popular trails, and there is like Kleenex, like tissue all along the side of those trails sometimes. So because there are certain people who's it's like, this is biodegradable. It's like, but it's like, you're just this horrible person, obviously. Like, what are you doing? How do you like let that leave your hand? Well, that's fine. That looks great right over there. Doesn't it? Like it's not going to rain for four weeks. It's middle of August. Like, what are you up to? Yeah. But like they don't see their own role that way. And to me, that's like as destructive as Hmm. a a bad hunter's mentality. So in general, I just look at it as a learning opportunity. You know, I I, I think I think we all need to know our place within a cohort too. Right. And my place is that I think it would be tough for most people in Chilliwack who know me and know our store to think that I'm anything other than you know, I've manifested and I've I've tried to be true to the fact that I'm like a, a recreation lover. I'm a conservationist. I've done a lot of things I put my mouth my my money where my mouth is on like making the environmental space better in, in our community mm-hmm. and in and, and our backcountry and I also hunt. So you know you, you, you can earn the credibility of saying like slow down long enough to listen because if you believe that I'm a environmentally minded person, if you believe that this isn't just smoke and mirrors, which most people I think who interact with me specifically at least in our shop do. They you think don't, it's smoke and
0: mirrors? No, no, They oh. Sorry. That's no, they true. understand yeah. that it's they, not they understand smoke and mirrors. They understand that
2: it's not smoke and mirrors. And yeah. thus they say, okay, so tell me how you can be a hunter and how you can like have Patagonia as your favorite brand huh. yeah. for like the and for the reasons that it's awesome yeah. in the way that it does good work in the communities and, and, and mm-hmm. gives back, right? So 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 reconcile that for me. And it's a conversation opener, right? But I mean this is the hilarious part. So
3: <laughs>
2: my one of my staff, he's, um, Kenny, he's, he's an enigma, right? He's, um, um, he's spent 10 years in the Canadian military as a tank commander. Um, so many people are like, Oh, like this military bro. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's also like a vegan ultra runner and he's like from Quebec and Mm. he's a visible minority and the conversations that stem from just what that person is as like <laughs> we don't know how to define you what are you you know yeah. it's like no i'm like patriotic and like yes i'm you know i've like spent 10 years in the military in like an armored division and you just think of some jarhead wanting to like launch tank rounds into some village somewhere yeah, yeah. it's like no like my deployments are peacekeeping missions in ukraine or like whatever it is and you, yeah. you watch people come to terms with the fact that they just made a whole bunch of super ignorant stereotypes Uh and you see them sort of melt sometimes like okay i yeah this makes sense like i just okay i that was i was i was that guy like they weren't i was imposing the fact that i thought they were this thing that was just gonna be super easy to attach my hate and angst to right and then i realized i was looking in a mirror and like that's actually me Right, it's like you, you know, and I and I you watch that and it's really funny and Kenny kind of likes it too. Yeah, he get to yeah, so out gets it. To, yeah, he's yeah. just like watch me mess with this one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Huh. Oh so, man, that's super cool. Yeah,
2: so I just, I mean, we deal with it a little bit. I, I don't shy away from it. I kind of feel like it's just too much work to try to make people believe you're something that you're you're not. And 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 if you're authentic, it might resonate with people and they might say, okay, tell me m- more about whatever that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. It's interesting, like, the, you know, as I just said, like, Kenny's a vegan, right? Like, like, a couple of my staff are actually, like, they're vegans. If But they will eat meat if it's hunted. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? They they don't. Yeah,
1: okay.
2: And they're not naive to, like, the fact that there's awesome farms, like, growing great meat. And I mean, I, like, my dad's a large animal veterinarian. Like, we, you hmm. know, we'd yeah. buy a half a cow. And, like, these are the things, like, <laughs> yeah. I grew up with. Yeah. Um, from a farmer he knew. And it was whatever. It was all good, right? But they're just saying like look i don't i don't necessarily just want to not know where that came from but again if you can trust that like conservation was done well that the populations are managed well that all these things came together to the place where i could trust that that deer isn't like me eating the last of a species you know then i'm then this is a phenomenal thing and if it truly is sustainable then that's great and and here's the thing any hunter knows that if everyone did it it wouldn't be sustainable exactly the beautiful right. part is if everyone right now wanted to be in this room having this podcast with us, it wouldn't be sustainable or (laughs) drive down any stretch of road in the world or make any singular choice on earth, be up at the same time. Like the world would not work. (laughs) We'd throw this thing off orbit if we all wanted to be in the same place at the same time. Exactly. So so you can't all do anything, which is all the more reason why some people can do certain things. And it's different than being naive as to like, argument of just saying like well not everyone can hunt because there's not enough animals like cool yeah there's not
3: yeah
2: and i recognize that and when everyone starts hunting i'll stop
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and there's like different types of activism to apply yourself to yeah sure yeah
3: yeah
2: i don't know maybe i'll start eating like crickets or something i don't know whatever that whatever that (laughs) next thing is have
1: you ate your rabbit yet no sorry it's in the freezer (laughs) jumped off the i got a I'll throw it in the slow cooker
2: Nick did some point. wild harvesting last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought you said, did you eat your rabbit yet? Like,
1: you had a rabbit
2: like that I'm died. Like, I'm raising a rabbit. Yeah, exactly. You had a rabbit <laughs> that died, right and all. now you, like, <laughs> no. feel like
0: you need to, to eat it. He was kind of a pig, it. but didn't have the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just a rabbit. No, not yet.
2: You <laughs> so better get
0: on to that.
1: i got to figure out a good way to cook it up. You oh. said slow cooker, right? Absolutely. Okay. okay. no, you can do That's that. What I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do, like,
2: we used to trap. I spent, like... That, that fall in Alaska, we guided. I was only up there for one season and we did it so that we could trap for the winter. Right, so off grid. So we actually did it for free. I mean, I'm a US citizen as well, dual citizen, but yeah. so I could have worked up there, but my partner couldn't have. So yeah. We did it under the table so that we could trap. And so we trapped a lot of, like, we're trapping other things mostly, like beavers and. Right other stuff but um we used to trap snowshoe hair and red Whoa. wine marinade little like better couscous can't go too wrong oh man That's it's pretty tasty
3: great.
0: you really get that recipe yeah uh-huh. no yeah
1: that
3: sounds did you good. do any
0: guiding in bc hunting wise yeah no no just mountain guide mm-hmm. so how often are you taking mount uh guide people out in the mountains guiding well covid's okay. kind of put a little kibosh on that yeah. a little bit slow um, what is it because of the regulations or is it because yeah. you're not getting the bookings actually n- n-
2: well Kind of the former, I suppose. A little bit. Um, we have a lot of desire, a lot of demand, but the problem—the problem with our trips is we're, we're willing to run courses, you know, yeah. and things where it's like a little more honed in, and and a lot of people can get to their place how they need to on their own. But what I'm not willing to do is if I put a trip out there that's just like, hey, here's a guided hike here. And again, our volume is in a little bit more entry level stuff. And as anyone who lives in the Fraser Valley knows, our backcountry roads are horrendous sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people who who have made really good choices, and they've tried to limit their environmental impact, and they drive small cars, and they try to have only one vehicle or whatever, but you're not getting a Prius up to the backside of like MGM or something, yeah. right? No. So, so we provide that to a lot of people right. as much as we do backcountry knowledge First nations like history of an area and flora and fauna all the things we also just provide like the actual wheels that are high enough off the ground to get up a road. You
0: guys do that you just shuttle people up mm-hmm. that are not guided? No, but but on but a the guided part of trip being on a guided trip you exactly, are getting them up there. Yeah,
2: so on a guided trip our average guided trip like well have people from like Seattle and Kelowna and Port Coquitlam really? and Whistler and Vancouver like it's like just a COVID hotbox in that van. You don't want to do that, right? Yeah. So so I'm willing to take, like, a. we have corporate groups. We're doing a lot of private bookings right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, you and all your work colleagues. Yeah, people are working together. Yeah, already. you're touching kind of things and so, swapping yeah. pens and in a boardroom together and whatever. Like, if mm-hmm. you want to be in my vehicle together, that's fine.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm just not going to bring people from across the region and throw them in a vehicle for an hour yeah, together, that right? That seems right. responsible.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm so, taking so off this weekend so for a, a yeah, guiding weekend. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... We're taking new new people, new backpack hunters out to yeah, the bush. Yeah. Um, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, nice. And yeah, we've, we've had to run into that. We're like, well, how the hell are we going to do this mm-hmm. with COVID? Yeah. So yeah, everyone's driving. Everyone's yeah. driving themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have to do like the final like shuttle.
2: Just like all windows down all and windows, or someone's oh yeah, in the back of a truck somewhere. Be, or- yeah, it's
0: going to be a little bit of a redneck carnival windows down and I think uh, we'd, we're all going to have face masks at whatever whatever they're worth
2: just um, a bunch of people in camo with face masks yeah. with the I windows know. down looking like a backcountry militia like yeah. my
0: black <laughs> forerunner just say. like yeah. scooting through I oh, know it's <laughs> yeah. not yeah. going to look good <laughs>
3: just, um, just all lights at shifty. night yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: know right now that I say it out loud it sounds kind of ridiculous yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah it was interesting to try and um, we got like the official email went out today with what the protocol for the trip was gonna be. Um, how effective not effective, but how possible it's gonna be, I'm yeah, kind of not sure. I don't know how well how well we're gonna implement two meters distance between people at all times. I'm not gonna be able to teach someone how to use a compass from two meters away. No. I'm not gonna be able to show someone knots from two meters away. Yeah. So
2: yeah, yeah, it'll it's, be, a, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely a challenge. I mean, like the reality too is though that like no one's naive enough to say that like we don't have some exposure to the people around us. Mm-hmm, but it's right. like you shouldn't probably like line up 100 people and show each of them how to use a compass one after another, right? No. But if you guys are all out in the backcountry together and you just are like a little little hot box together and, and and you're confident that you're not ill before that moment and afterwards you spend a little bit of cautionary time to try to make sure you like don't. Expose the rest of the world to whatever you just did Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a big deal and that's kind of how we're running our mountain courses like you can't belay somebody or be on a rope system with them like
1: you're
3: yeah
2: you're connected with a piece of fabric that you're both touching right like right 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 so the
1: same idea yeah i think Um, it just really comes down to like individual responsibility and like you're saying if like yeah you just know if you're feeling symptoms or something like that so that was the idea that was
0: the email too like if you have any symptoms like this is not a big deal. Full refund. It was it was pretty well done actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm fired up for that one though. I've been trying to get in. Share. Yeah. That'll I'm, be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Coming. You guys off. are
2: huffing some some boats in there, aren't you?
0: No, no, no. That's oh no, no, not that one. Okay. No, he's got something in the works. For, oh, because I was gonna say that's a different. He's got something in the works that. for September, or August, or ah, something like okay. that. No, this yeah. is just um this is me, Dylan, and Rob, and um. You know Rob Wilson? Yeah, yeah, Wilson, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude, obviously.
2: Um, yeah, see, Rob's, Rob's like me, you know? He's like foot in one in, in different camps. Yeah, he's know? everywhere. That guy's everywhere. He's, in every he's a BC Parks, yeah. you know, like area cool. director, right? Like it's like, yeah. it's what you picture to be like the like, you know, calling in bluebirds or whatever that stereotypical image would be, right? Like yeah. he, he's, he's the guy who... You feel like is a conservationist through and through, hence why he's doing what he's doing, and he is. Yeah, but he's also a hunter. He's also
0: one of the most hardcore hunters I know. Yeah, yeah.
2: And he teaches people, and he's growing, growing what's you know possible, and 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 getting new people stoked about it, and all that stuff, right? I mean, the reality too is that even though there's a lot of people hunting, hunting is also in many ways shrinking. You know, yeah. like right. I've been to places where everyone is a hunter. Like this is like, it'd be like saying like I'm a farmer or I'm a whatever. It's like, if by that you mean that I grow food because everyone does, because it's like how you eat in your family, then yes, I'm a farmer. Right. But mm. so being a hunter now is like a recreation behavior. It's mm-hmm. not like this right. is how I f- yeah. feed my family. Right. And I think in many parts of the world, that's still like, being a hunter is being a provider in, in, in every way.
0: Yeah. We're here in North America where we, it's not a necessity. It's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. So in that way, I think that
2: type of, I mean the, the number of people I know though, who, and this is like the thing in Alaska, like these guys, like they live off grid flying heavy stuff in like on like little bush, like into these villages, bush, Alaska, so many people live off grid. Right. And, and, and rural, rural BC can be that way too. And, it's expensive to buy things at the grocery store and, mm-hmm. um, people, especially if you live a basic lifestyle and you maybe don't have high expenses, but you also don't have a high income, you're going to live a very different lifestyle if you don't fill your freezer with, you know, some ducks and a, a moose or a couple deer every year. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's very much a part of what enables you to live a, a good, healthy lifestyle and provide good meals to your family is like yeah. the fact that you, you, you shoot an animal, like yeah like there's a lot of people who live in rural bc where that's like very
0: much a part of the formula they financial yeah. annual formula we, we right? do it by choice like we don't buy meat but that's by choice if yeah she did the fan i can go buy a steak but yeah, yeah. you're right because a lot of these people can't
1: yeah and it's I'll, cool that there's still yeah, those places, places like still exist. even in bc um yeah where it's like that i had the opportunity to go up to Nunavut to film with a, a guide a hunting guide there that guides for caribou and like yeah. a whole bunch of different things up there but it's a big part of their business that they're running is they employ uh, guides from the Inuit communities and they get to keep like 95% of the meat because that's like super important for them to to be able to like go back to their community and distribute the, especially the caribou, mm-hmm. uh, which has like been a part of their like diet for generations. So that's, when when that's you're out
0: there cool. and they, did they take down a caribou when you're out there? Yes they did so does the community come out and like do the butchering no or, or so the, the the guides the guides sort of all out the, and the guides
1: will butcher it and everything and then the 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 outfit pays for it to be flown back to their community of bathurst inlet
0: oh right okay the community so you're not and like then you, they, they yeah, go, you guys they go aren't hunting and, out of the community you guys no so yeah we're, we're like open. out in the yeah
1: the sticks Not really the sticks. There's no sticks. There's no trees or anything. Yeah. (laughs) Up in the tundra. Yeah. Yeah, In the tundra. tundra. Exactly. Yeah.
2: No, it's the same thing with these, with most of these guides in Alaska, right? Like there's, that was, that was very different. It was like, I mean, that industry is, they're cranking, they're doing whatever they're doing, but there's like, you know, people flying from all over the United States to hunt a trophy bull moose and have everything that comes out of those areas is mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. Boone and Crockett or something, right? Like there's what did you guys huge, got huge bull moose stuff. mostly? So they were running, yeah. So we were when we were doing inland stuff um, off of a little bush camp off the Hoho Ho Litna River in central Alaska, kind of near like Lake Clark and Iliamna Lake. Okay. Um, so it's just north of the like the Alaska Range, which is what runs along the coast. If you're sitting in Anchorage, Alaska, looking north. There's the Alaska range and it's the first thing off the coast. That's why the skiing in Alaska is so good because mm-hmm. the wet, warm weather coming up off of Japan, that's mm-hmm. carrying tons of moisture, hits this gigantic mountain range and dumps all the snow.
3: Right. We were yeah. just on
2: the north side of that range okay. where it kind of turns into rolling hill country, obviously still super mountainous
3: yeah.
2: until the Brooks Range kind of thing, uh, yeah. which is central kind of northern Alaska. Sweet. So we were guiding in the central part of Alaska for um, grizzly bear and moose mostly. Um, and then we went out to, out into the Aleutian islands, onto the Aleutian Peninsula and we were guiding coastal Kodiak's brown bears out there. Oh, um, damn. Yeah. Autry. Some monsters. Mm. None of our clients did bows the season we were up, but, yeah. but they have had clients doing that. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how you would have enough stones that sounds to, terrifying. To like <laughs> we've we've told you this before. The guy, and watched the they film had one the one biggest night. calibers I've ever seen, yeah. and those bears are so huge that, p- like, perfect, perfect kill shots, spine shot. What? Like these bears would just still rampage for a while. Holy. like they are because their heart rate is so slow. Yeah. Mm. That, that. Yeah, they are barely know,
0: pumping to begin with. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You'd have like a, a lot of. Yeah, anyway, I don't know if I'd want to shoot anything with a bow. Yeah. You're not far Just enough not away. not get that close Yeah, enough. exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, <laughs> these things were massive, like, yeah. squaring out at 12, 14 feet, like, like Holy massive. Holy smokes. Massive, massive. yeah. Okay. I used to, like, I used to cape them out, um, so when we'd get them back to camp, and I would, um, I used to do a lot of this uh, stuff, you know, um, with, like, scalpel work and stuff, right? So, knuckling and caping and all that stuff out mm-hmm. here, and... So when I went up there, it was like, it's super fun, but you sit one of these bear skulls in your lap and it's like over 12 inches across the side of the skull and probably, yeah, 18, 24 inches long. Like, I mean, it's just massive. It fills your entire lap. It weighs like 40 pounds.
3: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) crazy. Just, yeah.
2: We'd pack out out wet hides and like we did a pretty good job skinning. Mm -hmm. Um, You obviously don't want to cut it any more than you have to, right? So like you're not chopping that thing into pieces. So... All the way back to like kind of the last knuckle in the paws and fully like everything fully done in term, even like kind of almost like a rough flesh out in the field, just the skull left in the um,
3: left in yeah, in, in the hiding so hide. Hide skull
2: attached,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. And you'd be 170 pounds, 180 pounds, wet hide like massive, holy wow. smokes, massive, dude. massive, like and and you're just like humping that across the tundra wet, like wearing waist waders, like wet bog up to your waist. Like it was just, like it was savage packouts. Yeah. How long ago was this? We were up there in. Mm, Yeah. It would have been the fall of 2009 into winter of 2010, because in the new year, uh, in 2010, just after that, I remember I went from negative 40 in Alaska in the winter a positive 40 on a trip in west africa in 30 days and like my body was just like in like shock (laughs) There, i missed and i missed all the olympics in 2010 because i was in west africa and i I didn't watch one single event because the internet was so poor Ah, every even in the capital city in like the western expat district in like a nice bar you couldn't you couldn't stream it wasn't streamed yeah really are you a hockey guy I mean, no, okay. but I'm Canadian, but so I'm, like, more roll. of a coffee guy, hockey guy yeah, than, like, yeah. most people in the world, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, yeah. I know, exactly. So, I missed. Like, I, uh, I tried to watch that yeah. game, and,
1: I mean, you just can't, like, nothing. You just know. couldn't. That's too bad.
0: I wanted to ask what backpack you used to using. Which what? What Which backpacks you we using Here, to pump yeah, up that the thing. White? We
2: just had the worst gear yeah. possible. <laughs> so... What backpacks I would recommend now, based on what I know and what I wish I had, like that's a whole different story. So yeah, but you
0: guys would like what I'm what I'm getting crazy. at is that 170 pound probably felt like 270 because you ho- didn't was, have great gear. It was horrendous. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, but oh. we had
2: we had we had horrible gear. Like when we were when we were trapping, um and again, like I would never, nobody should ever do this. It was a horrible idea. Like we almost died for sure. Like many many nights in a row. Mm. Um, yeah, I was the most scared I've. I don't know but ever been close. It parallels any of wow. any wild experience I've ever had. Um, I mean, like negative 40 at night, bush planes can't land too cold to fly yeah. Yeah. weather blowing in. And <sighs> we've got maybe negative 20, 20 degree, negative 25 degree sleeping bags with like every like layer and extra yeah. layer of sleeping bags and whatever. Yeah. But, um, we had an Arctic outflow cold front move in early that we didn't predict. And, um, we were in tents, no heaters. Like we were in like actual pop tents, like not wall yeah. tents. Um, you know, almost freezing to death at night. Like we were wearing like leather boots, like not insulated winter stuff. Like yeah. it, made me, it was uh-huh. just like, it was close. That's it, scary, was, it was man. super close. Yeah. My, uh, my oh, brother-in-law oh. punched through cause we were trapping we or trapping. And so you use the waterways as your highways, the frozen rivers yeah. Yeah. and frozen creeks and stuff. But the rivers still are flowing hard enough that, um, that they shift so like it'll build up build up build up pressure and then shatter the ice oh, okay. surface flood an area and then refreeze right so uh, you always have like a hatchet or an axe and you're testing the ice as you were crossing it because yeah. it might have refrozen from that night before and it was mm-hmm. always like these constantly shifting ice flows across yeah. like raging rivers where if you punch through
0: you're, gone. Y- you're not yeah, popping up
2: because it's a sheet of ice everything okay. downstream for probably kilometers or whatever yeah. right so so that's not an option and anyway we were, we were on these beaver ponds And just assuming it's, like, rock solid, right? You're just assuming it's totally good and um, because it's negative 25 out or whatever, (laughs) right? And you're wandering around. You're like, this is ice. Obviously, it's frozen. (laughs) Um, But it's not. The beavers move around a lot uh, in these ponds. And also because of the fact that they live in them and because of the biomass from them eating and, like, having all the stuff, like, it's just churning, right? It's, like, this organic hotbed. And we punch through and um and then kind of like ended up having to get back to camp and carrying on with our day whatever so
0: you your brother went into the water
2: yeah my brother-in-law now yeah dan yeah so you went into the water up like to his bed. waist and oh, wow. um pulled him out and anyway we got to shore and kind of like full reset it was a whole whole scene and um
3: <laughs> <whole> anyway
2: <laughs> he yeah he got really really bad frostbite like we um we kept like a kind of like a liter of whiskey because this is like over the next like week or so or whatever as um his foot turned black and then started blistering and we thought in uh-huh. it we thought it was going gangrenous and, and we couldn't get an lift out because we didn't have any radio communication at that point
3: uh-huh.
2: and right. so you know i had scalpels and, and sterile sutures and all these things and we thought we were gonna have to amputate his toes and like wow we were like cleaning his feet and then smelling them every night to try to like figure out when they were going like you know south of yeah. cheese and we'd have to start cutting That's them insane. off and so yeah, and so we had enough whiskey to like get him drunk enough that he hopefully wouldn't feel it too bad because we didn't have any other painkillers of like that order, and then sterilize it and cut his toes off was like the plan. Yeah, so it was like a wild, it was a wild.
0: That time went was a plan that didn't happen. No, that was like toes? a full plan it didn't happen. We oh, finally, my God. Have,
2: oh. finally, <laughs> yeah. But he still was like, he still has no feeling in, you know, his yeah, really? toes. Like, wow. hey, oh yeah. yeah.
0: Holy smokes! That's
2: crazy. Generally, I'm gonna jump. Give me one sec. Keep the conversation going. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm just yeah, going to yeah, like go use a washroom. Yeah, drink. man, absolutely. Okay, give me a hug. Man,
0: that's Sam Warden drinks a lot of beer, right? He's got to pee a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: No, I'll have to hop out pretty soon here too.
0: Oh, your, your teeth are floating? Yeah, we'll All know. right, you'll have to wait. we only got one bathroom here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, like I think that happens more than you think that people get... Uh,
1: people have to cut their toes off?
0: Not that people have to cut their toes <laughs> off, but people just get out of their depth with gear.
1: What do you mean? Oh... Like they're they just don't have the right stuff with them.
0: Yeah, they're just pushing their gear way too far. Okay. Like yeah, they using the wrong stuff for the wrong application.
1: Okay. Yeah. I hope not and good. and usually, like if you're lucky, you have the opportunity to learn from someone else. If you're like, if you don't have someone like really mentoring you, then you're yeah. kind of learning by mistakes.
0: Yeah, like I think, I, like I don't, and... I would hope that everybody doesn't learn from a. Hope that everybody doesn't learn that their gear sucks in a same situation that Sam did, where like we might have to cut off toes. Yeah, yeah, I would hope that I'd (laughs) hope that it would be like a much more mild, um, (laughs) like okay, I've got to hike back to the truck wet,
2: yeah. But if you, but it's totally true, but like I just, yeah, we people should not do what we did. But it was also the, like the single greatest experience of my life that formed like a huge part of like right. what oh, I sure. know yeah. about myself and the world and whatever. Yeah. But but I, I wish, and it's sometimes the lamentations that I have about like owning a retail business is you are actively involved in consumerism, obviously, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of people buying things that they don't need. And I'm at the phase when I'm buying things I don't need. Like I don't need any of the gear that I own really. Mm-hmm. It makes it nicer and sweeter and all totally. these things.
3: Yeah.
2: But man, if you're... Excuse- like so if you're using stuff and if you're out there and you're hunting and you're whatever and you're doing the thing and you're like, I'd really like it if every other round didn't jam, like then buy a new rifle. That's yeah. sweet. But if you're like, I can't get into hunting unless I own a $5,000 rifle, mistake. rifle yeah. or, or exactly. my binoculars aren't good enough. It's like, I don't know. Open sight. Yeah. I, like, it, like, yeah, you got to get closer, but it's still not bow hunt. Like figure it out. You know mm. what I mean? Like it should never be the excuse. Yeah. That's my take. It's but like, also sometimes it's safety. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Knowing what's, what's
1: actually crucial and then what you're just like creating like an unnecessary mental barrier for yourself. With.
2: Yeah. Oh, and we love, like we've just created this like lovely just bubble barrier wrap around each person. Like there's just yeah. zero consequence to any action that anyone takes mostly like even like even in the most extreme conditions, very few people are like, I, if they're on, like, they may use the term I almost died, but they're not like, right. they that didn't get, actually. It gets thrown around a lot. It gets I, thrown around I a lot. It. And I know really cool. very people who have actually ever almost died to their knowledge. Yeah. I mean, you almost die every time you drive a car, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. you've never tasted that yeah. fear, right? Like, yeah. some people obviously have, but it's like, you got wet and you did a hike, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. you didn't, you you, you didn't almost, cold. you almost got really cold for a bit yeah. is what yeah, you yeah, almost got. You were yeah, thinking exactly. about cutting your toes off. Well, and, and I'm like, and nor should you like, that's horrible. Like don't, yeah. don't do that. And my point is no one should ever like, we're smart enough that we shouldn't have to do right. that. But you also are always way farther from that than you think you are. So mm. you yeah. just, if it's jeans that you go on your first hunt in, you do not need the silent, like it doesn't make any noise yeah. pant for $500. When you're a really good hunter, yeah, if that's, it, like, cool. Yeah. And if you can afford that, then that's a sweet thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But it should never be like, Don't, you think you're, you're saying, You think your great grandpa had Kuyu on? Yeah. Like, no what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? People, people yeah.
3: hunted back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: people hunted in like leather moccasins they made themselves. Yeah. Like, go back yeah. to yeah. The, the Iceman. The, the, go back to that Iceman podcast and read what he was wearing. Sharpen yourself yeah. a, like, and a that, rock and go hunt. That comes it. up in that <laughs> podcast they're talking about. Those guys are up there in like thousands of dollars worth of gear. And right. they've found the remains of a dude who was very healthy, clearly crossing glaciers. In like friggin' fur. Yeah. In the same place they were hunting the same
2: the exact animals same they place.
3: were. The
0: same animals. And it was a way yeah.
2: crazier time yeah. back then. And and like, so it was like cool just, to just to at think the think edge of an it, ice man. age, yeah, probably right? or something crazy.
0: That's yeah, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um we're hitting eight thirty. Do you still need to run? Yeah, oh, whatever. Alright, we're good. Some time. Um Oh geez, where was I? I mean, Iceman, probably. Yeah, no, I'm so, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to. Don't want to on that. That is, that is an incredible story. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I do need to take a look. Check at Check it out. For sure. I'm going it out. to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you should, Nick. You're going to love it. Nick yeah. draws such inspiration from any media. I'm sure after hearing that, you're going to be proposing something to me. Yeah, you know, some description. Like, Chris, I think um, we should make some the... fur moccasins and fur yeah, coat. Yeah. And I want you to go. You should
2: just do the recreation. Gig. Yeah. yeah, hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, That'd I know that stuff's like yeah. We should get Bill so on
0: the hard. on the podcast because he he'd really dig it. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's like it's why hunting is as cool as it is because it's reductionist to normal life anyway. It's like yeah, you think meat's easy? Like go get hmm, some. Yeah, right. But then the next phase is like you think hunting's easy? Yeah, leave those like yeah two thousand dollar optics at home. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, or like or swap your or, rifle out for a bow. Exactly. Like so you you like re- reducing can give you the most perspective and yeah. in hunting it's always like so beautiful when you see people who are like i'm going solo unsupported yeah i don't have like the urine of a thing to like mask my like i'm just and i'm gonna have to cook over a fire yeah. so now i'm gonna have to manage that scent mm-hmm. while i'm out there like mm-hmm. it's hard it's yeah. super super hard and and you don't always want to hunt like that you're probably not gonna be super successful that's why like your <laughs> full-time job back then was Hunting every single day because it took that many days out to get some meat, but like, but it's cool to see what is possible in as simple of a way Mm -hmm. as possible. I think that's always a neat piece, right?
1: And like, I I feel like that is like chasing a deeper experience, which like what you're saying before is like part of your education is to like give people that base experience to try and like, yeah, like they want to go deeper, and uh, yeah, I don't know, that's yeah, that's really cool.
2: Yeah, chase an animal for a bit. Track it. Yeah. Try to like follow it. See what's going on. Yeah. Where does it move? Why is it there in the morning? Does it like like the cool zone next to the river, or out mm-hmm. in the high country, or like what's it up
0: to? Which is and stuff it- you observe just from spending significant amounts of time in the bush, and that's yeah. I think the best takeaway from hunting. To like, oh. some of my best hunting trips, nothing ever died. Mm. Yeah, easily yeah. my best summer. My, 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 my best hunting trips, nothing ever died. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. Normally it was with a bow in hand.
1: Yeah. All last season.
0: All up, basically all of last season <laughs> it was the greatest season of hunting, and nothing died. <laughs> yeah, but but observing, right? Like it's
2: like it's such a magical experience. Saw my first cougar. Oh, I'd never oh, seen a yeah, cougar yeah.
0: before. You've probably seen lots. Oh, no, I've only seen a few. Yeah. They are just elusive as all get hmm. out. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, um, yeah, Glasson from the high point, and I just saw.
1: I was there when you guys saw him, but I didn't see it. Yeah, you were doing I've, something. I've Nick to... Nick gets
0: distracted. Builds what do they what do they call those oh, things? Uh,
1: Anachooks. Would you call it anachook? Like just a yeah. rock in the shape yeah. of a person. Yeah.
0: yeah, he builds those everywhere. So I if you ever see those, bored. you're probably in my hunting spot. If you see those, there. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Like I'm guilty. I see movement. It's a buck until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll right. I'll, I'll <laughs> Devin hates it. I'll yell at him. And I'll say it's a buck, and he's like Chris, it's a frigging pine cone.
3: <laughs> yeah. But
0: yeah, I saw this buck and then I saw, oh, it's a tail. It's got it's a wolf and then I was like, Oh, okay, that's a cougar, like be real. Um yeah, it was really cool just to watch that thing slink across the slink across the landscape. I got to watch it for quite some time and and then you realize what hunting's
2: actually all about. You know, you're like, Oh, yeah. that's what it looks like to be yeah. excellent at what you do. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. It's always so funny. People are like, What can I do to like avoid cougars and like what if they want me and my kids and they're my dog or whatever? For you, pal I'm just like okay what you what you need to understand is that the average cougar or let's just say a large male yeah. cougar, whatever it's a couple hundred pounds right mm-hmm. to sustain that at the burn rate that they have like this is not a like they're not canine they're not a they're not a bear, so they're not putting on fat like that like they're lean and mean and they're high turnover mm-hmm. of energy mm-hmm. and they need to like a full grown cougar cougar needs to eat a deer a week mm-hmm like think about hmm. that hunting prowess, just yeah. dropping a deer per week per cougar. And you think about then like a park, like we live as, as you guys know, like on the, you know, right off the banks of, um, Cultus Lake Provincial Park. It's like a super busy provincial park full of like, you know, boaters and, and whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and conservation takes multiple cougars out of that zone every single year. There's already hmm. like in like five doors down from my house, they, Ended up shooting a um, shooting a cougar in the in the campground, right? Like, it's um, they are they are everywhere out there. And if you think that you're hunting one deer is going to be the make or break of that species, like think about a deer a week per exactly. cougar,
1: exactly. And then that's
2: yeah, uh, that's a different perspective. But also, just how hard would it be to just kill a deer a week? Like, you have to just oh. be so on.
0: They're pretty yeah, switched yeah. on those cougars, though. They're yeah, good, I always like to hunters. think about the
2: like the jump ratios, you know. So I'm not a biologist. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm gonna like spout uh-huh. what I have heard. Now this okay. may not be true. No, that's okay. But like you think about a house cat, right? It's a couple couple feet long. Yeah. Maybe maybe a foot high off off the ground, right? Yeah. And like, I have had a cabinet in the corner of a living room that sits taller than a person, seven feet off the off the deck, with no things around it, and mm-hmm. you'll your cat will be up there sometimes. Yeah. So they can jump seven times their height at yeah. times, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. If a cougar stands three feet at the shoulder, do that ratio. Scary, right? And if yeah, your I if you're if, if, if your if your cat can sit here and you look across the room and think about like how far it could clean jump, it's two feet long, but it can jump twelve feet away easily. Yeah. So like, there's there's a there's a six times ratio involved. Now take a, a six foot long cougar and and do that ratio. I mean, it's not quite six feet, but like yeah. I wonder if, if it, I wonder th- if it
0: would carry over just with those, the basic uh, math but, on but that. it. Yeah, but, but I've still.
2: heard that it does, it that, does. It's, that it's just about wow. that well i've yeah. so i've seen one of the cougars that i saw actually was um, on vetter mountain here in chilliwack and, yeah. and i was hiking up a trail and there was a deadfall tree across and it was laying on top with its tail dangling down and i only noticed it because that tail was doing like that like slow twitch
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and the tree was probably like five feet eight feet up off the trail like we would have kind of had to duck underneath it and it clean jumped fully out of our field of view. It was at least 25 feet horizontal, like just not even like without effort from a full crouch that looked leisurely to yeah. disappeared from our view in like in the air, one pounds.
1: That's so
3: Not cool. even
2: close. Yeah. yeah. Just, you would have no, you just like, there's not a, you don't have a lot of. Yeah, and then when people are like, "Well, what would I do?" I'm like, "You just hope they don't yeah. want you." That's yeah. what you do. Yeah, In my if it wants I, you, I, 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 I like, what you?
1: like, oh, maybe like my bear spray. But <laughs> I don't I know, no, yeah, and but... I'd rather
2: have bear spray or something than nothing. But yeah, you know, we have customers coming to the shop, you know, and they like buy—they're buying our cougar knife. And they're going to strap it to their chest. and just mm-hmm. like, you Were are more likely uh, like a knife, and they like strap oh, yeah. it to their chest. the guy like who
1: backs himself against a tree, and then when the cougar he's like dodges and hits the tree, and he knifes it. Yeah, those stories that. are like for sure not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So, Say that again, Nick. Back up against the tree.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm st- facing down a cougar. Yeah,
1: the cougar's like directly in front of you, which yeah. is probably like the ideal scenario. I feel like if you're gonna get attacked by a cougar, so you're, you're not bit, gonna you know, know it's not about gonna square off before it happens. First. No, no, exactly. Like it's, it's not Queensbury right. rules. No, no, yeah. Exactly. But he's like, I don't know where I heard this. I think it was another podcast, or maybe it was just a story from someone. It's probably that, but. <laughs> back up against a tree and he's got like his knife out, his cougar knife that he brought and then cougar pounces and then just like quick sidestep, just like fakes mode, I guess. And then the cougar hits the tree and then he brings his knife down on it as it's hitting the tree. You'd have to be so fast though.
0: I don't think that happened. Yeah. I've had like
1: a it three
2: can't. pound cat fully inflict actual pain on me. Oh, 100%. You know yeah. What, yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And like <laughs> and 200 like pounds. pounds yeah. And 200 pounds of just yeah. like... No. Just that's... What is that? You just... No. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I hope Hoping it doesn't. I hope
0: that we don't have to face off any cougars anytime soon. No, no, no. they're
2: they're up to their own thing. They got them. they are they yeah. are doing their yeah. own thing,
0: and I don't think they're that interested. I mean, no, I think we'd you'd know more about it
2: if the just the shark of the forest was just super into humans. N- hiking wouldn't be a sport. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. how often do <laughs> you hear about somebody that like the got, shark got cleaned like up by a, like a cougar? That. It doesn't happen. Oh no, no, it's often like, as people yeah. think. No, and that's like if sharks wanted to kill every surfer, just every no, there would be no surfers. Yeah, no like they're just surf. like they're just too good at what they do. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if they want us, they can have us. They don't want us. We're lucky. It's sweet. We get yeah. to gracefully walk through their forest. They let us like share some of the deer sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's <laughs> really good. That's about yeah. That's about all the permission we get. You <laughs> had
0: any good bear encounters? Oh, or have you heard of any good bear encounters? I'm right, sure I've you get had some some, in- some
2: wild ones. Yeah. 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 I mean, like just. So guiding in Alaska, I mean, it's like, like you said, some of the best experience are the ones where like you don't shoot anything. But the problem in Alaska is like, you do not want to shoot a coastal Kodiak. Like, like the client is there to do that job, right? Mm-hmm. They have a, a permit that you can only get as a, as a, a U.S. resident yeah. once every four years if you even can get one. They're $20,000 U.S. each tag, I think is something, at least that was the pricing at the time. That's the hunt, probably not the tag, no, right? The tag. That's the tag? Yeah, it's conservation premium. Oh, yeah. Oh, and damn. then on top of that, you're paying an outfit. Like, like, by the time you go to Alaska, shoot a coastal Kodiak, and you fly home and you have a bear in your living room, that's a $100,000 hunt, right? Wow. So,
3: So, really? or whatever that yeah, number yeah. is,
2: right? It's like, but it's like yeah. that was the order of magnitude that they were dealing with. Yeah. But I mean, we would be coming back from like packing out some bear, and you're in. So have you ever have you guys ever heard of a bear quad trail? Bear At least quad this trail. is what the like No, this is the is the pause? Yeah. So yeah. this is like oh, okay. the, yeah. so we've, but you've been on
0: No, you weren't there. When we hunted goats in twenty eighteen, Devin and I were on one of those trails. So and it's just rather than pad, a game trail yeah. Yeah. that's like,
2: you know, you think about there's moss on the forest and then underfoot, there's like a whatever, a no inch wide to like twelve inch wide tread underfoot, like mm-hmm. a bear earth trail. Yeah. But these bears are so gigantic that they're just It looks like an elephant walked through the forest. There is, or it
1: looks like a quad trail. That's why you. No, 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 no. no.
2: So there's just a a pause. There's two (laughs) paths for sure that are distinct, but there's not. There's moss in between, or there's like whatever tundra or lichen or whatever it is. Yeah. But there's just holes that they all will walk in the steps of because, like, like these bears are square. Like, like, like nose to tail, you'd be over ten feet on a lot of these bears, right? So like their steps are four feet apart. Like you couldn't, it was so impossible to walk these trips. But anyway, so we'd be, we'd just be getting back from like a pack out or something and now walking back at twilight and this is bear country. Like, so we would flying out along the Bering sea coast when we were going out to the Aleutians to start these hunts, we flew along the Bering sea coast. And so it's, it's really flat. It's, um, it's Arctic winds that come in from the Arctic plus ice flow, whatever, all this stuff. So there's like no bush like alder scrub at most, some coastal grass, and then these big beaches, wash up beaches. And there's everything that dies in the in the Bering Sea washes up on the coast. So mm-hmm. walruses and whales and all this stuff. Mm. And you would have three, four, five giant <laughs> 10 to 15 foot coastal Kodiaks eating on one washed up whale because there's that much meat. They don't care about each other's territory. Yeah, the, the concentration of bears in that region. And it's really warm. Like it's not average temperature warm but it's not frozen Mm -hmm. every major salmon run on earth goes up through those rivers Mm -hmm. plus all this organic wash up from the ocean and these are these oceans are so nutrient rich right like all those like all that plankton all that stuff that's why all the whales go up there to feed and they Mm -hmm. go back to spawn in warmer climates but if you're a bear and you never leave it you're just in this nutrient hotbed so they don't hibernate and that's why they've like become a different subspecies than a normal bear because they would never hibernate, really. Like these coastal Kodiaks might go to bed for two to three months a yeah. year, hmm. and other than that, they're like actively just eating yeah, all they the don't things. Have to. And a lot of them aren't even apparently very like omn- omnivorous at all. They only eat meat. They're just yeah. Yeah. giant, why, why giant, they, yeah. giant yeah. things. They just eat salmon and walruses and like oh, whales and wow. stuff. And so there's that many of them. And so we would like just because you just shot one doesn't mean there's no bears around. Like you assume that there's a bear everywhere and they are and you would hear them like doing that like huffing and scratching like in the alder beside you and we'd carry like 44 magnum revolvers because Mm -hmm. um you'd need to draw that fast you can't have a rifle it's like it's gonna be too slow um and it's also like tight bush sometimes right so
3: yeah
2: um but yeah like just terrifying we got Sighted down and backed up into the ocean by a couple that were fully bluff charging us. Like
3: oh. my, are oh, you guys up into the water?
2: Yeah, like my my brother in law still has like I think like I think he's I severely damaged. his here, like I I let off a round from my three thirty eight wind Mag like muzzle break right next to his head. Like with my Whoa. because this bear was charging at us and yeah. like shot into the sand to try to like spray sand up in his face. But like we I thought it was gonna like just charge us us to death and it was wow. hundred yards away. And like wasn't backing down. We put a we put rounds into the ground. Like it's just like, what are you what are you gonna do? What do, you do this thing just wants if it wants you, it's just gonna yeah. it's just gonna have you. Yeah, that dissolved. Um, we finally kind of just waited waited it out. We are back into the water and like and I think it just kinda like got bored and and, and, and went away. But it was <laughs> like by the grace of Jeep the decision. Race, like because yeah. the thing is again, like we could have shot it, but when it's facing you, it's so hard to place it, and it's like it's so hard to place a shot that's going to kill it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then before if you're it mauls you to death, that's why it's doing it. Gonna come, right?
2: It may be, de- it may, may, that might be a death shot, but it's, yeah. you know, that kill shot is irrelevant to you. If you're now dead by the time it dies. Right. Yeah, so this right. Is, and you also, there was like this very real sensible Dan and I were just like, we're here in your place. Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're robbing your house. Yeah, so we're not going to shoot you. Yeah, We're just going to yeah. shoot you because yeah. we're here and you our territorial which is what you do we knew that coming into this like yeah right. this is on us to extract ourselves we're not gonna like because the obvious thing like in that moment we were like we fully were super worried we would be mauled to death
3: right
2: and there's lots of those like, t- like they happen like quite a lot up there but like those kinds of moments that you're just like it's not my again number one it's not the only time it's gonna happen for first <laughs> so you know if you if your reaction was every time you feel scared because a bear might maul you to death if you killed it, you'd be killing a lot of bears. And you'd like, now you'd have to leave Alaska because you're
0: <laughs> You've killed destroying
2: animals. these yeah. Like yeah. conserved <laughs> animals, right? Yeah. So it's just like, that's not one of the options. You just have to be smarter
3: yeah. or
0: like ballsier or something. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I wouldn't want to be a full-time bear guide in Alaska. That's yeah, it sounds sure. stressful, right? Yeah. Man, that's a lot. I guess you would maybe eventually get numb to it. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, they were so scary and big. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, I yeah. mean, what it is, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's you're, exactly in their, a... you're very much in
0: their house yeah 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 i've had i've had, I've, I've seen a couple grizzly from afar yeah never had a run in yeah like a close-up running with a grizzly touch yeah. wood um i've had some somewhat curly situations solo with black bear but uh yeah, yeah nothing where i was thinking i'm gonna shoot this thing well and, and i mean i think that again, like the, the reason I
2: mentioned that stuff about the cougar, like, I think there's a lot of misconceptions around what these animals are capable of. We love to be the apex thing. And we love to be like, well, I think I could like stab it or whatever your plan <laughs> yeah, is, right? Like right. whatever that is. <laughs> and, and I guess I've just had enough experiences where I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, clearly I wouldn't have been able to do anything. Like if it wanted to, whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of those experiences was like, I, I spent five years tree planting in Northern BC and um, central BC and northern Alberta. And so we just dealt with like tons and tons of bears. So a lot of grizzlies on the foothills of the Rockies side and loads of black bears in mm-hmm. northern BC. But the problem is I've got like a bunch of greasy tree planting, like, you know, <laughs> late teens, early 20s, um, all reek because they haven't showered in four days and they've got backpacks full of peanut butter and jam sandwiches yeah. like <laughs> next to like, you know, in like in a cut block, right? And that's just the day and we tried to be careful. But you're not bear caching your backpacks while you're out there no. working. You've got a whole crew out there. So as a foreman, I'd be on a quad and ripping around, whatever. So I came up to this one cache, and there was a bear, like kind of nuzzling underneath the tarp and and getting in people's backpacks, and so kind of like scared off. Like my brother-in-law Dan, actually, we were both a gun guy in camp, so we were kind of like the registered person who had a firearm in camp for Mm -hmm. that reason. And um, anyway, so I scared this bear off and started like running down the road, and it was in the direction I was going. And so I I started kind of quadding after, and I was on a Honda 500, and Mm -hmm. it was fully empty, and. So I, I'm, I'm quadding down the road away from this bear and, uh, or, or behind this bear and it's just like continually pulling away from me and I'm just like opening it up more and more and like shifting through the gears. And I was flat out in fifth gear doing 65 kilometers an hour and it pulled away from me.
3: Really? Like if you,
2: if you think that you can outrun a bear, (laughs) maybe if I go downhill, what are you talking about? What? You're not running away from a bear. Like you know what I mean? Like it might get bored enough to leave or not feel now threatened about its territory. Yeah. But don't get arrogant about that. You didn't outrun any bear. Like yeah. that bear could have just—it was my—I flat out on a Honda. I got low behind the bars. I, it was on a flat, like, as hot yeah. as you could. It was on a haul no road. Way. There was no potholes. Like That's we were driving crazy, trucks man. on it all day, yeah. and I was ripping as fast as that quad would let me go, and it was pulling away from me. Yeah. Like just Holy not even good. a just, yeah. It wasn't even a big bear. It was, I don't know, like a three-year-old kind of juvenile. That's bear. scary. Yeah. It's terrifying. That's cool yeah. though. So, like again, just like calibrate yourself. Like, yeah, we're yeah. the apex because of our mind. Don't think your body's better than theirs. Like, because it's right. just fully yeah. not. Yeah. In like, in it's just
3: scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Holy just, yeah. smokes. Reality check there. Yeah. That's cool though. Uh, I tree planted for two years, and mm-hmm. I, I never got any bear. No bear encounters, situations really. Only from the truck. So I feel a little yeah. short changed. Uh, yeah. Maybe if I spent longer, I did see a a cow and two calf moose Mm -hmm. uh cross our path one time that was pretty cool yeah that was that was about it
0: you had no you never saw a bear just
1: just from the trucks really so yeah i don't
2: know
0: that's kind of a good thing yeah
1: i actually (laughs) one time i i got back to my cache and my backpack had been torn apart like the zippers had been pulled and like my my lunch was scattered everywhere and i was getting really excited i'm like oh a bear like went through my My backpack and then I, (laughs) then I, uh, I got back to camp later and my friends who were planting next to me was like oh no we saw a crow just tearing apart your backpack <laughs> I was like, oh that's so lame <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible but, so that's about it
2: did you ever plant in in alberta at all
1: yeah rocky mountain house
2: cool yeah yeah, yeah. so like that whole like foothills zone oh it's did you see beautiful. any of like the wild horses and stuff while you're through that zone
1: i don't think we saw wild horses i know people talked about that yeah, uh, yeah. and we were through cattle country quite a bit
0: yeah
2: um,
1: yeah it was always a competition to see if you could like lean out of the truck and like smack a cow on the butt while you're yeah. we driving by, but <laughs> I never saw any wild horses, but yeah. that's, that's a cool aspect of that area. Yeah. Here.
2: That sundry rock and mountain house, like that whole zone is like Nordegg, like it's some of the coolest terrain, Oh yeah, and, like mountain terrain anywhere yeah. in Canada. Like, so there's these like insane rivers that flow out of the Rockies that are, they're just like that very much that glacier fed, like just super, super milky turbid, yeah. but like bright blue. Mm -hmm. Um, they melted seven hours ago or whatever that was. And, um, and you're looking up at just those only the Alberta side of the Rockies looks like that. It's just like these sweeping faces Mm -hmm. with just pocketed snow. And, um, but yeah, there's tons of grizzlies and there's also tons of wild horse herds. It's, you can actually still wild thing in case you're into horses, you can get a harvest permit to go in and actually like, this is always my dream. You can like you can take one and break it. You, you, you can take one and break it in. Yeah. No so no you could way. like, you can go and like, and people do, and like actual cowboys. Like, that's you know what I mean? Like crazy. you that's might, so again, cool, like you think man. you're a cowboy until nope. you're like, could I go and lasso a wild Rocky Mountain stallion horse. and break it? Like now you're like, oh, no. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I know how to like muck out a stall yeah. in a barn. Like yeah. that's about as yeah. much of a horse person <laughs> as I am. So anyway, but, but they would, um, we'd sometimes have grizzlies cause they would, kill the horses i mean like that's as easy yeah, to kill as okay, a deer or yeah. whatever and so you'd like sometimes roll up to a cup lock to drop off like your crews or whatever
0: dead horse in the middle
2: And there's a dead horse that clearly had been like half buried by like Dang. a a bear and so yeah. it's a grizzly and it, it it's in the area it didn't go far this is a giant dead horse that it's like mm-hmm. just Hit. killed it's and is waiting in to like no and
3: roll. like that
2: you so you'd like pull your whole wow. crew out and just like because even in a even in a vehicle you, you, you don't feel safe yeah. Like you need to leave.
0: <laughs> you had yeah. that in Africa, didn't you?
1: Hey, you had that in Africa. Oh yeah, hippo fake charged us.
0: But you were in a truck.
1: We were in a truck, but like hippos have killed people and
0: yeah, that's what they got. because <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you, like, th- you were like all pumped, to, like get well, yeah. So me
1: and my buddy, we were like, we saw this. Well, we saw hippos. I don't know why we could. They let us out of the truck near hippos that were in water, and I don't know if they were just like they just knew that they were docile there or just wouldn't come out of the water. Like we weren't super close to them. Maybe like. 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's pretty close for a hippo. That's pretty close. That's okay. so bar. Ride. No, it was probably further than that. Uh, a hundred yards probably. Okay. But like the hippo could have come to us, but this one was like, we, we kind of came like stumbled upon it. It was like right just in this brush clearing as we were driving by. So we're like, stop, stop. There's a hippo. And then like, the two camera guys obviously were like leaning out of the truck and whatever and, and trying to get good pictures and video of it and my buddy's like opening his door to like stand outside the truck and then that's when it like was snorting at us and like did a little like not a fake charge I guess but maybe more of a stutter step and then our driver's like, Nope, we're getting out of here and just peeled out which I was the right call. Oh
2: yeah. Most dangerous sure. animal in
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in Africa. Yeah.
2: Well I guess but yeah, he would, it he cool, would know. Man. Yeah, that
0: was cool to see. Yeah, that's cool.
1: I, I really enjoyed that.
0: The, the general theme here has been definitely highlighting how small and delicate people are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From like animals trying to kill us and then like mountains and terrain that can yeah. kill us.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so like then like, yeah, just plan accordingly. <laughs> you know, Just well. like to just dance
2: lightly through a place that you are very much a visitor, you know. Yeah. yeah. In whatever way that looks. But yeah. yeah. That's, I, a, that's I, the coolest part. That's why we love being in big mountains.
3: Mm-hmm yeah it to be made to feel you, small. You yeah. feel small
2: like, that's cool, man. there's like this feeling when you're sitting around a fire and you see eyes and you can
0: hear <laughs> wolves or whatever like, and it's like Ooh, yeah', yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, you gonna, know, I'm gonna i'm gonna I'm, next time I get some Instagram lunatic asking me if I feel like a big man when I have a photo of something dead, I'm gonna tell him that that's actually why I go to feel small in the mountains, not to be mm. a big man, oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah you want to feel you want to feel small go to big places yeah. or or place a bad shot right on mm. an animal and like yeah. feel that hurt yeah. when you're like i had a responsibility to be way better than that mm. and like you know like those are the moment like there's anyone who hunts actively or spends time in the bush actively has been humbled by those places with a bad shot a lost animal yeah a not recovered Anything. animal yeah. exactly right like and so like you go to there. You go there, and whether you went there to be humbled or that's
0: just the side effect, it will happen mm-hmm. over time. Yeah, it's never a good feeling. Um, I'm, and now, that's definitely happened to me and every hunter I know. It's mm-hmm. de- happened to, and like you always feel a responsibility to invest in yourself and your skills and make sure you can do the job properly. But once it happens to you, it like really lights that fire yeah. to be, mm-hmm. and that's
2: and that's not like a that's not like a slight. I mean you. You get a couple of those hall passes, and then that's about it in my books. But like, yeah. But ask any physician if they have made mistakes, right? Like, ask any professional where the consequences are really high, and they would all, if they're honest with you right. and themselves, would say yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you shouldn't be in those places making those kinds of decisions because you could make a bad decision. It's just a heavy charge to go ahead and make good decisions in the long run, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's. I just you know when people ask me about hunting or they have this simplistic view about what it is to be out there in those places around those animals you're just like it's what makes you want to get people into hunting cuz you're like you will be changed and humbled by this hmm. and your perspective right now is mm-hmm. very naive and yeah. it's and it's damaging right because it's it's not yeah anyway it's not a, it's not effective Right, it's not it's not an effective form of conservation or of environmentalism to be naive. Naivety right, is never yeah. is never the best answer. It's not as it doesn't feel as good when there's a complex answer. Yeah, <laughs> it never feels as good, but yeah. it's the truth. And yeah, yeah, totally. that's the way that goes.
0: We should go hunting together.
2: We should. That'd be fun. We should do something. We should drift should hunt some ahead. some ducks on the Fraser. I could do that. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. That's like we should properly hunt, but that's like. We can do that and then go to work also. Yeah. that's like, that's like, you know, it's always, those are always my favorite. Like in Chilliwacki, just like go out, have a full alpine day, gain and lose 1200 meters of elevation. Yeah. Like actually have like a couple chances Mm -hmm.
0: and then be at work for 10 AM. Like that's Mm -hmm. like possible. Last spring, last spring I did 14 days in a row. I hunted uh, alpine every day after work for 14 days in a row. Yeah. Yeah. After work. Yeah. And like, I wasn't going to work for two hours. I was doing full days and still going. I think it's insane yeah it's the best it's like our backyard again back yeah. to our backyard The kind of
1: accessibility we have is
0: just it's stupid yeah, it's and so no special. one's out
2: there and people are like well what if everyone was out there I was like you should hike these mountains and see if everyone's going to be out yeah, there like, yeah it's yeah. hard just enough with the trail <laughs> you yeah. just yeah. go like kick some steps into the moss exactly. up like yeah. a giant slope yeah, yeah. that
0: right. was one thing that, I, I, that was th- I was thinking about is um, like these popular hikes elk, sham the mm-hmm. big ones
3: mm-hmm.
0: how often hunters up there like uh, I'm not yeah I'm Damn sure would like to be at times, but like, how often a hunter's up in those like highly populated hiking areas? Yeah, Does very, it very, very, very infrequently. And this is a, a
2: fair point about like your like scenario of the you know those people who are like, "Don't shoot me." Mm-hmm. There are zones where, yeah, it'd be great to hunt, but you can't, and that's mm-hmm. just the way that is, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You can't go to Elk Mountain and look for bears because there might be bears, but there's also likely going to be people. Yeah, and it's and there might be some random person who wandered twelve feet off the trail to like go look at a tree, and you can't you can't be in that zone like you know and, ready and that, to that, that comes firearm, down to right? um yeah.
0: like yeah responsible uh, firearm,
2: exactly, and that's yes. more the firearm right. piece yes. right more than whatever else. And the other piece is that I just choose not to be quite so so because it doesn't leave a lot of room for like interpretation and discussion when you're like gutting out an animal on a recreation trail, right? <laughs> like not ideal. So, yeah, so that. I just feel like, like, you know, you can have appropriate conversation. And, and again, it comes back to this, like we have lots of it. We have tons of terrain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some hikes into some of the most beautiful parts of it, but I, part of what I love about hunting, cause I guide a lot of our trails and I hike and trail run a lot of our trails what I love about hunting is it takes you to places where you, no one else is and it. You can't get to, and no one That's else wrong. is seeing, mm-hmm. um, and there's maybe it's not a necessarily
1: like specific reason to be going to those places. Either. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Other than it's, like, it's, it's super cool. remote and awesome. So, so I think in that way, you know, when I look to what you gain, it's this, you know, it's this humility, it's this exploration piece, it's this experience, it's a connection to an older way of doing things and to some simple ideas. And, I know what I know about animals in the world and whatever from observing them. And yeah, it sounds like it's like, you know, people are like, well, you could also observe animals in other ways, and absolutely you could. But it's the same idea as like, you could also be studying for your MCAT, not going to med school, but you're not, right? Like until there's a reason to do the thing, very few people do it. And and um, and I'm and I'm I'm guilty of that, right? Like, yeah, I spend time looking at animals and on trips I bring my binoculars and I show clients bears all the time. But it's not the same as when you're, like, tracking an animal. No. Hmm. You know, as when you're, like... Because, like, like, there's this... (laughs) Again, like, we've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. For a really, really long time as human beings. And a switch gets flipped when you're tracking an animal. And you're pulling from millennia of human beings doing that. And the instincts and the things that awaken within you as a person. And you can't describe that to people because... It's it's like trying to describe what it feels like to be in love or to feel compassion. It's like this. It's a, such a deep deep thing that is a whole you got to just taste it a little bit and mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's the best. But it's hard. You can't just be like I'm going to go look at some deer today. It's it's so different than if you're hunting them. Yeah. Yes. So different. And I do both and it's not the same.
1: Yeah. I I get to experience that from a side of I like I'm going along with these guys and uh, like taking photos and like making films of the trip. So I'm Mm -hmm. in a completely different headspace. And I see that Mm -hmm. flip switch or switch flip, like you said, and uh, just like trying to then once they're in that mode, like keeping up with (laughs) with the guys. And I'm like, oh, man, it's a challenge. But yeah, yeah, it's
2: oh, yeah, you can dig deep. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a little bit. I I don't know or something.
0: I don't know. I That's find exactly endless that, energy yeah. and really have no regard for anything outside of that moment. Yeah. Especially like in September when we were archery hunting there, like you would have seen it with me a bunch oh, of yeah. times. I yeah. just like, 100%. Sh- we're doing something different. That's you cooler. do pretty good though, man. I like the way you... Thanks. <laughs> um, our buddy, Eric, we were hunting here in Chilliwack. Mm-hmm. He's a new hunter. And I was thinking of him when you were saying uh, about taking new people out into the outdoors mm-hmm. and watching their eyes light up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to come out and meet us on a bear hunt. It was just a one-day bear hunt. And by the, before he even got there, we'd, we were onto a bear and I'd made a great shot, this dead bear, and we were across a river and up, and we we're sorting out this bear in an avalanche shoot. Mm-hmm. And we see Eric cruising around on the other side of the valley. Mm-hmm. And so we, we whistle to him and wave him down, and he comes over and new hunter. Uh, he's killed some deer, killed a deer, a uh, deer, definitely new to bear hunting like bear hunting's the whole package that's with we don't need to get into that because that's so so deep but he's just sort of swallowed that pill and come to terms with bear hunting and he came over to the bear and his eyes lighten up was just like to to be fair like taylor and i that were working on the bear we were just kind of like yeah cool man good hunt got a bear looking forward to eating this bear it's a beautiful bear we're going to take the the, the fur but we were just working we were just mm-hmm. doing our thing and then he mm-hmm. came and like he hit the switch for us and uh was, that was the reset and bring us back like how special it was to him made it so much more special to me mm-hmm. it was insane
3: mm-hmm. That's cool. um,
0: but then when we went back there two weeks later now i'm going to talk about your you being able to keep up with the boys i found another bear mm-hmm. long way off it was going to be a long shot, if we could even get a, an appropriate stalk in on this, this bear. And I waved to Eric and I really wanted him to shoot a bear. And so they had to come from, I don't know, half a kilometre away, gave him the wave, they had to come over. And I show him where the bear is, and Eric's, he was, right insane. so he's like man that's a long shot like no, i'm not talking a long rifle shot like just the odds of actually getting get there the, and the to get there and the bear still being there. Yeah. there and like i was aware it was a long shot but that switch had already flipped for me and i was like well i don't i don't care there's a bear there and it's been raining all day i'm going I'm like we're doing this and eric's kind of arm um, and, ah, and like man i like he's probably he made the right call said, i don't I think that's a smart play and he looks to nick for some advice and nick's like really good at being neutral he doesn't like he he he's just said a document and he doesn't involve himself wanna, in a decision. Like he, he doesn't want but I mean, when we hunt together, like it's just you and I, you had you were naturally bought into that.
1: Yeah. There's some back and forth,
0: but Eric looks to Nick and says, Nick, what do you think? And Nick just goes, I don't care. But if somebody goes, I'm going with you. <laughs> and I just thought that was, that was really cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: It, it sounds good in my head. I'm just like, if someone shoots a bear and I came on this trip to, Film that, and I don't film it. I'm gonna be the biggest loser. So
2: yeah, that's, like if, that's you, my motivation. if you're like, oh man, that looks
0: kind of hard. I'll oh, wait here. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna yeah. pan out.
2: No, I'm not. Yeah, not gonna do that. But yeah, you, no, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, there's yeah, there's we we have all kinds of things. Like you know, there's there's we've we've set up these lores and these narratives for ourselves as people, and um, you know the yeah we've set up. A, Bears is this rarity and what I like. I see more bears in the backcountry by a long, long, long margin than I do over any other animal at all, other Mm. than bird species. Right, right. Right. But goats, deer, moose, like whatever, you will never see as many things as you will see bears. No, and there are tons and and bear scat. Like I see more. I mean, again, if you're down in low low country or whatever, like you can start seeing some moose and deer and whatever droppings and stuff and then cut blocks, but There's a lot of bear scout out there. There's a lot of bear sign out there. There are a ton of bears. We live in a coastal rainforest that is full of biodiversity and full of food at all times of the year. And these bears, they know that. Um, Dan and I lived off of the bear that I shot um, in Alaska all winter. We we ground it. We cut it with some pork. um, We packaged it up. We processed the whole thing and, and we ate bear every day. It was either bear on... Um, mashed potatoes or bear on pasta, and either canned corn or canned peas
0: on the side. That was the; those were the options for an entire winter trapping in Alaska. That sounds awesome. pretty good. We bear every day. Yeah, that, that sounds great. really good. We've yeah. been eating that bear that I was just talking about. We've been eating it constantly. We probably yeah. have it three, four times a week, and it's not going to last until September. No, I'll be looking for another one come September. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I think, well, so, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah might be time uh, to. We ran, we ran right later right up, than hey. we were supposed to, forty minutes late. But hey, Sam, man, so I really good. appreciate you coming on. Yeah, um, thanks chat. so much. Let's, let's do it again. Yeah, and let's set up a hundred really trip. Really fun trip. Yeah, and we'll chat.
2: have to do that. We'll have to get in, uh, get in something something unique. We'll jump in some rafts. We'll do something fun. Yeah, yeah that let's, sounds let's, good to
0: me. Let, let's shoot some ideas on that. Okay. All right, guys. Good night. Thanks for making it this far. Thanks, Sam. All good. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Perfect gentleman. Thanks. Appreciate the pints. Thank you. I